1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv. Folks, as always, if you want to get access to the video ad free version of my show, The Dustin Gold Standard, you can join us over at Pain.tv slash Golden. According to Commander Payne over there, Mike Moore of the Thomas Payne podcast, owner of Pain.tv, apparently. There have been many of you signing up, so I do appreciate that very much. And we're only 20 episodes in, but we're going to be doing a lot more premium content. There are subjects I want to cover that I cannot cover on the public version of the podcast. Um, it's... Um there's a lot going on behind the scenes as Mike would say. We'll get into that eventually once he talks about it publicly. But I've been through this type of stuff throughout the years. I used to um manage and develop content for other right-leaning creators during the Trump presidency and we were mainly dealing with YouTube and some of the other video streaming platforms and we would get strikes all the time and be censored all the time and so i'm very familiar with what happens to those that speak out and tell the truth and so i have to be careful i hate to self-censor But if I speak out on some of the subjects that I want to talk about, then I'm just going to get all of us shut down, and that's the end. And um, that would be counterproductive because I do believe that we are putting out valuable information to those of you who want to know about the technocracy and the technologies and money and people behind it. And I think I'm doing a very decent job of that so far, only 20 episodes in And I will continue to bring you valuable information and boil it down into layman's terms for you. We've got some exciting shows around the corner. I'm looking at my notes. We're going to be doing some shows on Deepak Chopra. We're going to go deep into Peter Thiel. We're going to be talking about Operation Paperclip The United States operation at the end of World War II where we started to bring in Nazi engineers and scientists to uh, run a lot of programs and launch programs within our government military industrial complex. We're gonna be talking about the internet of bodies and internet of things and internet of senses. Some of you know this, but I have a different spin on some of this, different research than other podcasters have put out there. We're gonna continue with industrial society and its future, which I started while I was in Poland, but there's a lot to unravel there. We are going to be covering Klaus Schwab's Force Industrial Revolution in great detail. I am going to do a deep dive show on Yuval Noah Harari, a little different than others have done. I am going to be covering Lars Butler, 42 Reasons Why the United States Should Lead in Developing AI Autonomous Killer Robots, which I brought up the other day. I am going to get into community organizer Saul Alinsky. Any of you who have followed politics throughout the years know of his book, Rules for Radicals. But I'm going to bring that into modern times and explain why his ideology, his concepts behind Marxism and progressivism tie right into the expansionist technocracy. We're going to get into IP3 International, which we talked about on this show as we were unwinding the tangled web that is Lars Butler. We are going to be discussing how they are going to turn humans into batteries to power the metaverse and DNA storage drives to store the big data needed to power the AI hive mind. We are going to parallel what's going on today to the Matrix movie franchise we're going to get into deepak chopra's book metahuman you've all know harari's book sapien we are going to do several shows on darpa and arpa we are going to cover clearview ai we're going to cover open ai we're going to get into cloud seeding and the truth behind it because it is out in the open it is not a secret We are then going to get into a number of other topics, folks. I've got hundreds upon hundreds of shows uh, ready to go, which I just have to do the research on and put them down in audio and video format for you. Today, as uh, promised, I don't like to tease things for too long, but we did get pushed back because I had to expand the Lars Butler series as there was so much to cover. We are going to play this interview I did a couple of days ago with a former colleague of mine who wrote basically a dissertation, a thesis on how the government is going to utilize this technology, this dystopian, tyrannical, author, authoritarian, I apologize, technology to uh, come after all of us, combined with the regulations and laws that they've put in place over the last several years, combining uh, RICO, Civil Asset Forfeiture, Patriot Act, and now um, all of these new IRS agents, and combined in with technologies like Palantir, started by Peter Thiel with in Money, Uh, who is behind a lot of these technocratic companies, and they partnered with the IRS in 2018 under the Trump administration to track all of us via our financial transactions, and the software was originally, supposedly, intended to track terrorists by their financial transactions. What a coincidence. So we are going to play that today, but first, a little bit of housekeeping here. Yesterday on the show, I had showed you an example of a deepfake of Tom Cruise called Deep Tom Cruise, and that featured an actor named Miles Fisher and his partner, a tech guru named Chris Ume. And I showed you that for the purpose of illustrating how good the technology has gotten, how realistic it has gotten. And I also showed it to you because the media had helped this deep Tom Cruise go viral. And that was part of the desensitizing of this type of technology, the normalization, the humanization of deepfake, AI, you know, mind twin type technology. And as we were going through it, I said to you, I haven't looked into the company but I would imagine that there's probably some of the similar players behind the company now that we've pulled the curtain back on throughout the last several episodes. And to my belief, not my disbelief, I found some boogeyman behind the curtain, as I did about a half hour of digging on that today it didn't take me long and i didn't do a deep dive i just kind of scanned the surface so i just want to show you quickly you'll enjoy this let's go to a little video and show you what chris ume the uh engineer has been up to lately let's play this, this is a little clip from uh from um what is it uh, america's got talent america's got talent with simon cowell here we go so a couple guys Hello. just walked out on stage.
0: What's your name? So I'm Tom Graham from Australia. And I'm Chris Ume from Belgium. How did you meet?
1: Okay, so Chris Ume is up on stage. He is the engineer. We'll get into him momentarily. But Simon is going to ask them a couple of questions. There's a whole purpose for this, folks. There's a purpose to this. I don't play these for my own enjoyment. So
0: actually, we started a company about a year ago, and because it was during the pandemic, we only actually met in person two days ago. Oh. Oh. And what is your talent? So our company is called Metaphysic, and we use artificial intelligence to create hyper-real content. And
3: so
2: we're going to invite our good friend, Daniel Limit on stage, who you guys are familiar with from a previous season. I remember who Daniel is. And we're going to show the audience something kind of amazing.
0: (laughs) How are you, everybody? Nice to see you.
2: Okay, so the two guys
1: from the company Metaphysic. Now, Metaphysic is the name of the company that was uh, sort of started between Miles Fisher, the Tom Cruise actor, and Chris Ume, the engineer. But Chris Ume's other tech partner is up on stage with him at America's Got
2: Talent. Nice to see you. Again. You were on how many years ago? Four years ago.
3: And you were amazing.
0: And you were a very good singer. So how did you meet? We met because, of course, I'm fans of what they do online, and they're fans of AGT, and when they asked me to be a part of this wonderful, unique, original thing they're going to do, I couldn't say no. Further
1: normalization of the technology. I just want to show you again. This is how good it's gotten, and this is actually live. Remember, we talked about on uh, Jimmy Kimmel when Professor Matthias uh, Naysner went on there, and they did the live presentation with Mike Tyson and Carl Malone. Well, this is another version of a live demo in action.
2: well look, you're very mysterious. I don't want to ask anything else. Good luck. Okay, Daniel, take it away. Oh. So much.
1: Good luck, Thank you guys. What did they put together? Okay, so now the two engineers are clearing the stage. The singer is standing in the middle. They're bringing out a huge camera on the stage. And so they're wheeling out this huge camera onto stage. It's being set up in front of the actor. Remember, folks, I mean, look, with these TV shows, it's all pre-planned. It's all scripted. They rehearse this and everything. But just know it's a big giant camera. It adds to the illusion that this is high tech, but it is high tech. I mean, that is real. This is very high tech. And so now they've got the camera set up and the guy is getting ready to sing. <laughs> Now, up on the screen, behind the actor, now the judges will all pretend they're surprised, but again, this is all pre-planned, is a giant, it's the actor now has become, the singer on stage has become Simon Cowell on the screen. So Simon's acting like he's surprised, but it's uh, he's got like a five o'clock shadow, and the rendition of him up on the screen is uh, clean-shaven Simon Cowell. Was meant to be <laughs> okay so now the simon cowell up on the screen the deep fake laid over the top of the singer the former agt uh winner or something like that doesn't really matter to me they've got simon cowell up on the screen and it looks like he's the one singing <laughs> Okay, so if you're in the uh, video audience, I'm sure you enjoyed that clip. For those of you who are not, you can go over to pain.tv slash gold or just look that up on uh, on YouTube, folks. So what it goes on to say here in an article that I uh, pulled up, let me see, where is it, folks? Okay, here's this article. Um After deepfaking the judges, America's Got Talent's metaphysic talks giving up sleep to deliver a rock and roll icon for the finale. It says metaphysic could surrender sleep to deepfake Sophia Vergara and Heidi Klum on America's Got Talent. And it goes on to talk about how they did these deepfakes of Cowell, of Howie Mandel, and Terry Crews uh, singing the opera, and the other two judges are next. So metaphysic now got blended in, humanized, normalized through america's got talent and the type of people who sit around and watch that show so i went on to look up metaphysic and i i mentioned to you at the time when they were talking on the news piece about chris ume and miles fisher partnering to start this company that there was probably going to be uh um sort of you know dirty money, the money from the type of people we see behind the companies that we've already investigated. So, we go to metaphysic.ai is their website. It says their mission is to empower individuals by putting them at the center of the immersive content economies that will define how we use the internet in the future. Immersive. Remember we used the term immersive when we were talking about Lars Butler and his old company, Triad Worlds, the video game company, and I taught you about immersive worlds and second lives well immersive is really what you've come to know as the metaverse and we'll get into that on a show as well i'll break down the metaverse for you by building ai content generation tools and infrastructure that lets users own and control their biometric data right remember i was telling you how elon musk through the fake twitter buyout uh wanted to prove that all humans were real and alex tomas Uh, the Russian-Israeli-connected investor that was part of Neuralink. They were really big on having you prove who you were by this biometric data. So it says, let users own and control their biometric data, as if I don't own that already, but now they're going to give me back something that already belongs to me. It says, we are building towards an ethical Web3, Web3, that's metaverse, economy, where every Internet user can access the limitless potential of the hyper-real metaverse. Okay, so now these guys that were just creating some Tom Cruise parodies using deep fake technology with an actor who looks similar named Miles Fisher, all of a sudden now they're interested in collecting biometric data and helping you build a mind twin of yourself in the hyper real world metaverse folks it all connects does it not but that is just the tip of the metaverse iceberg that is just the tip of what's to come folks i'll unravel the rest of this and then we will get into that interview right when i get back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold
3: you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. And I'm ready to rock and roll, folks i am on super drive today all right let's get right back into this folks we're examining this company metaphysic right that came onto the scene with the viral viral deepfake tom cruise right i don't believe anything is viral anymore folks we'll talk about that in future shows everything that is meant to be promoted is promoted and everything that is meant to be shadow banned is shadow banned ladies and gentlemen and for those of you who wonder why certain broadcasters in certain niche sectors uh, blow up and get big and somehow they are allowed to expand and grow well who do they really work for or The people behind the scenes decided that they help add to the chaos, and they are allowed to expand. Let me just bring this up, because I'll make my point. Yesterday, it was announced that uh, Donald Trump's Truth Social platform He's not going to be allowed to be sold through the Android store anymore. And that represents 47% of smartphone users. There's really only two places to get apps. That would be the Apple store and the Android store. And so they blocked him from the Android store. I, myself, personally, I think it's all WWE wrestling. I think he's probably part of it. But the same way they depersoned Alex Jones a few years back, who, again, I don't want to say this stuff publicly, but he's probably part of the clown world circus too um and we can talk about that in the future but i think that was all designed whether he took part in it or not whether trump takes part in it or not is so that we can normalize and desensitize people to censorship and to depersoning someone on the internet and the message is basically if they can get trump if they can throw trump off of twitter if they can stop trump's true social from being in the app stores that they can do that to someone like mike moore they could do that to thomas Paine. they could do that to TV. they could do that to me and so then people say well hey dude they got you i mean they got trump they got alex jones right so let's continue. Up on the screen at metaphysic.ai, I have our team. We're hiring across London, U.S., and Europe. We've got the team members up here, Chris Umi, Thomas Graham. I'm not going to go deep into this because the show isn't about this. I just wanted to I just wanted to blow your mind from what I mentioned yesterday just off the cuff that I thought there was probably nefarious players behind this company at this point. So these guys just launched onto the scene a couple years ago, and the next thing you know, you know they're just working on this little deep tom cruise on a tiktok and an instagram account with actor miles fisher then they get blown up on america's got talent and now uh i go on uh, linkedin i check it out it says there's 24 employees listed under metaphysic that's a lot of employees for a tiny little company that just started so i keep digging right and i find that they actually did an investor round recently uh, about a year ago and who's in the investor round you've got logan paul you guys know who logan paul is we'll get into that in a second they've got 8vc they've got section 32 they've got the winklevoss capital you know who are these people all of a sudden, this little company with a deep fake Tom Cruise pops onto the scene, and now they've got investors, right? So, 8VC, I pop on here quick. I look at their team of advisors, and so, you know, there's a number of people on here. I didn't do a deep dive into this. I'm just starting to kind of scrape the surface. That was my plan and so then i go over and the winklevoss twins you may have heard of it's it's winklevoss capital they're worth about 6.4 billion dollars they're said to own about one percent of all of bitcoin And where did they come from? The Winklevoss and his brother are known for co-founding Harvard Connection, later renamed ConnectU, along with Harvard classmate Diva Narendra. In 2004, the Winklevoss brothers sued Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, claiming he stole their ConnectU idea to create the popular social networking site Facebook, right? And they've put this into movies and things, myself personally. I don't believe that actual story. I'm not going to get into that here, but there's uh, strong evidence to show that Facebook was actually something created out of the government and then pushed through a puppet like Mark Zuckerberg, and then they create this backstory, and now the Winklevoss brothers have a bunch of money. They own 1% of uh, Bitcoin, and they're involved with all kinds of companies. We can do an entire deep dive on the Winklevoss brothers, but I let that go because I knew that it would it would drive me into an entire show on them. So I let that go. And now Logan Paul, who's invested, you guys probably heard of him. He's an American YouTuber, social media personality and professional wrestler currently signed to WWE performing on their Raw brand. In addition to posting on his own YouTube channel, he has run the podcast And Paul Siv, since November 2018, he has more than 23 million subscribers on YouTube as of January 2022. So Logan Paul's involved. I've never been big into digging into Logan Paul. Maybe I will do that uh, eventually. So then I go over to Section 32. Remember, up on the screen here on Crunchbase, we have Section 32, Invested in Metaphysics. And what do we find here at Section 32 under the team? Senior Principal Wesley Tillou. And here we go, folks. Again, I spent 30 minutes on this. I didn't have a lot of time because there was other more important pressing matters. I just wanted to see if I could blow your mind because I mentioned this yesterday. I said, wow, I bet you there are some nefarious players behind them now. Well, here we go. Wesley Tillow is a senior principal at section thirty-two. He brings substantial technology investing and operating experience to section thirty-two, where he focuses on the firm's investment sourcing, diligence, and deal execution efforts. Prior to section thirty-two, Wesley was an investor at ding 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 In Qtel. The venture capital firm of the CIA and U.S. intelligence community. Folks, come on. They're everywhere. It says Wesley led and executed a number of investments across cybersecurity, AI, and ML enterprise software, fintech, and deep technology, and he was actively involved with the boards of portfolio companies. Wesley previously worked at Google, right? Also, CIA, there where he managed partnerships and operations for its e commerce platform, Google Express. Blah, blah, blah. And we can go on and on and on. But, folks, there we go Google, but more importantly, InQtel, the CIA and U.S. intelligence community's hedge fund where he was investing in AI, enterprise software, fintech, deep technology, and cybersecurity. So there we go. The CIA investing in deep technology. Folks, how easy is this? How easy is this? This is why I told you that now I often don't go behind these companies because I already know what I'm going to find. But the cool thing is you now have the tools and the expertise because I showed you, I think, in the episode with Instacart, the uh, nation's largest gig app for grocery shopping and with the Israeli Uh, defense contractor behind the new frictionless shopping technology I showed you how to dig behind these companies so if you're ever interested when a company pops up I don't know for whatever reason you want to know if it's uh, safe for your kids to use you want to try to figure out what their ulterior motive is you want to I don't know make an investment in it and think you're going to uh, make some money off it well you know how to investigate these things now so just a hunch if you get on big TV and they're showing your deep fake of tom cruise and tom cruise is not suing you telling you to stop it and then you end up on america's got talent and then you have all these investors chances are you've got government money behind you because the sad part the reality of the world we live in today is it's very difficult to become successful in business in tech in dissemination of entertainment dissemination of a show like this it's hard to become big Which we are not, but it's hard to become big unless you're in bed with, you know, you have a government contract, you know, or uh, you made a deal with these government spooks. So there you go. Section 32 already behind um, this company. And uh, the senior principal was in QTEL and CIA making deep technology investments on behalf of the CIA, which I told you, it's always the government building these technologies that then they tell you they're going to be they're going to be very ethical with ethical with. Now, I want to show you something else. Because you don't think the CIA is behind that company so they could just make funny little videos, do you? Funny deep fake videos with a Tom Cruise look like No, 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 folks. No. So since the investments came in from those companies, including Section 32 with the senior principal being former CIA investor, former. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? they have launched a new company called every any.one every Any. One, and this says they do hyper real avatars for the metaverse they're already expanding folks into the metaverse create your avatar using advanced ai and use it anywhere Now, when we saw the Tom Cruise video being played, they said, well, what are they going to do? Oh, it'd be great if we could license actors and then put our faces on them and charge for corporate videos. Same thing I was going to do. Now, Miles Fisher doesn't seem to be associated with this company anymore. I wonder what happened to him. Was he a paid actor that helped put that company out into the lexicon and then he was done? Did they push him out because he had nothing to offer? once the cia companies came in and now they're working on hyperreal avatars for the metaverse let me play you a video oh yeah let's play you the video that is on the front page of the website every any.one every any.one
3: creating a real life version of yourself for the digital world and your gaming experience has never been so easy You just need a picture. Your picture is then fed to our AI model, which is trained on thousands of human faces. Our AI model then synthetically recreates your uniqueness, and that is called hyperreal identity
1: folks and they're showing all these different faces on the screen scrambling around they're showing uh the face of this actress being morphed and changing and they're they're basically pushing this idea of putting yourself into the metaverse very similar to what artificial intelligence foundation and lars butler's mind twins and MindQuest software Once you're happy with your hyper real face, you can play around with it and record small
3: animated clips for your socials, use it for gaming, in the metaverse, and even create an NFT.
1: And even create an NFT. We got into that, right? So you need to scan your face, turn it into a digital face. Now your face becomes part of their biometric data that they talked about on their other website, right? On the main website that we just discussed. And now your face becomes part of their biometric data. And you're giving that biometric data to a company whose one of the investors includes section 32, whose senior principal was a former investor for the CIA. Come on, folks, don't be that naive. Keep your kids off of this technology. Are you ready to create
3: your hyper real self? Your journey begins here with you and every anyone.
1: Every anyone. We are all one, correct? We are all one, folks. So that is... The Tom Cruise sample I pulled you to show you how good the technology was getting and how the media helps to normalize and humanize it is now become this every any dot one with a former CIA investor behind the company. And they are focused on scanning your face, collecting your biometric data and turning you into a hyper real puppet of yourself to manipulate and turn you into anything you want again pushing the very tenets of transhumanism ladies and gentlemen I am Dustin Gold this is the Dustin Gold Standard and we will be right back on pain.tv slash gold
3: more listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is me, Dustin Gold. Or am I a hyper-realistic version of myself? Created by Metaphysic and every any dot one. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Join us over there. It's a wonderful community of like-minded individuals sharing information. Everything from farming and and uh, sharing political articles whatever you're into in fact over at pain.tv which does have an app they are in the apple store i believe they're on android i'm not sure the website works really well too but i have some people that are helping me out with indoor growing uh from the app um i mentioned that i was going to be doing it and now people are sending me different uh Different uh, tools and stuff I could use for indoor growing. And then somebody said, hey, I can help you. So maybe I'm going to have them on the show rather than just talk to them. I'll share that information with you. So it's a great community of people. Now, I need to jump into this article that came out, which is a great segue into the interview that you're about to listen to on how the United States government is going to use the rules and regulations and government departments and such that they have set up to harass us and to attempt to destroy and make homeless any of us who choose not to go along with whatever fourth industrial revolution system they are pushing on us folks so let's take a look right here this is important okay we have on zerohedge.com maria albany sent this to me a couple of days ago. And I said, Oh, this is a great segue into the interview. So I wanted to finish the Lars Butler stuff so that we can get into this interview, which will then segue us. I think tomorrow we might start on Peter Thiel, or I might do another section of Industrial Society and in its future. I'm deciding on that. But the article is French tax authorities deploy AI software to find 20,000 undeclared swimming pools. And I mentioned this to you yesterday, but I want to get into detail here because this is showing how the technology in which the government has created and has funded, right? We've proven this. They're behind almost everything, if not everything. Uh, I'll never be able to prove that because we can obviously never do a show on everything. But uh, it says right here, artificial intelligence software... AI software, the wonderful software that's going to save us all and help humanity, uh, paired with the... (laughs) I know, it's funny, folks. It's so pro-human. It's so ethical. Artificial intelligence software, paired with the latest satellite imagery, has opened new frontiers for the French government to find thousands of undeclared residential pools that can be taxed, reported by The Guardian. Developed by Google... And Gemini, the AI software, uses aerial images to identify residential pools and cross-checks land registry databases in real time to see if the pools were registered with the government. Oh, gee, why would Google be involved? I don't know. Didn't I bring this up to you before? I have up on the screen here. Without pulling up another article. In Qtel sold 5,636 shares of Google worth over $2.2 million on November 15, 2005. The shares were a result of Google's acquisition of Keyhole Inc., the CIA funded satellite mapping software now known as Google Earth. You see, the CIA funded Google Earth and then Google ended up buying this company Keyhole and folding it in to become Google Earth. And now what? Developed by Google and Capgemini, the AI software, uses aerial images to identify these residential pools and then cross-reference it with tax records. Come on, folks. So now Google Earth, CIA, is over there partnered with the French government you fly these drones around and scan people's yards and then come after them for not having the appropriate permits and forcing them to pay fees and taxes on their pools it continues if pools weren't registered the ai tool flags the property for further investigation by tax authorities If you don't think this is coming to the United States with the money allocated for the new 87,000 IRS agents, and we're not going to deep dive into that, but is it over 10 years? Is it all going to happen tomorrow? It doesn't really matter. We'll get into some of that in the interview. But I'm showing you this technology that the government created then pushes out into the private sector, out into Google, the private sector is now coming back to be used against the people of France and you and me. Remember, Palantir is operating within the IRS under a contract in 2018 under the Trump administration to come after you and me, and that was started with CIA money in partnership with Peter Thiel, who we're going to cover very soon. It says, so far the AI tool has uncovered 20,356 undeclared pools. Oh, they found over 20,000 undeclared pools, these evil people in France. The tax office expects to collect at least 10 million euros, which is about $10 million, in taxes from the homeowners who failed to declare the pools with the government. This means about a plus 200 euro tax per property. So about a $200 tax per property. You're going to get a bill in the mail. The software is limited use and is now only being rolled out nationally, which could generate even more taxes for the government. Antoine Magnet, the Deputy Director General of Public Finances, told... Uh, Lair paris in newspaper that the ai tool would also be used to find undeclared home extensions patios or gazebos remember i told you yesterday if you built a garage if you built a shed they're going to come after you so extensions and patios and gazebos oh we're going to tax you on your gazebo you little tax cheat you So Antoine Magnet said, quote, uh, we are particularly targeting house extensions like verandas, but we have to be sure that the software could find buildings with a large footprint and not the dog kennel or the children's playhouse. Oh, they're not going to come after Pee Wee's playhouse, folks. They're only going to come after your gazebo. The Google Cap Gemini software had a 30% margin of error in April and often confused solar panels for swimming pools. Maybe they can get Deepak Chopra out there. Hey, would you like to help us train this software? It had a 30% margin of error, but we would love to make it more accurate so we can tax you properly on your undeclared pool and gazebo. I can help you meditate. Yes, I can. Close your eyes. You are meditating with my AI mind twin. I am Deepak Chopra. Take a deep breath. And you are nothing. You are just a giant pile of poopy with a human cell attached to it. Unbelievable folks it goes on to say when finding extensions the software had trouble analyzing a home with trees or in the shadows don't worry it'll figure that out but if you're hiding a pool or a gazebo or an outbuilding from the government are you not living in the shadows anyway oh well don't worry because once they drag you out of the shadows They will have you hanging from a tree, and there will be no confusion between the shadow or the tree any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. Hang tight. The interview starts at the top of the next segment. I'm done talking. Ladies and gentlemen, come over and join us at pain.tv slash gold. More listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on
3: pain.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv.
1: All right, my happy little gold killers out there. This is Dustin Gold, and we are about to jump into this interview as promised. I just want to give a quick introduction to the guest, because I almost forgot. And also, I want to talk about guests in general. I am going to start having guests on this show. As you know, we already interviewed Legal Man, a wealth of knowledge on the founding in the history of this country, a wealth of knowledge on how the legal system in this country works. And he's been doing an ongoing series on his podcast on Spooner, which I recommend you listen to. He is available for free on all of the podcast platforms, and the name of his show is The Quash, Q-U-A-S-H. He's also available on Patreon at The Quash, where he does behind-the-scenes content. I am a uh, paying member over there. I have been for several months. And so you need to support people like that who are dedicating their valuable time. He is an attorney, has been an attorney for many years. He realized how corrupt the system was. He realized how the government was always trying to push his criminal clients into plea deals. And so... I recommend you check them out. We also interviewed Maria Albanese. I've known her for several years, and she is a wealth of knowledge as well. She is a regular co-host on the Thomas Paine Podcast on TV on Fridays with Mike Moore over there at the Thomas Paine Podcast. We talked to Maria a little bit about Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and I'm going to be having her back on shortly because she knows a lot about Peter Thiel, and we're going to get into him in uh, some of the episodes coming up. And so I've started to, I had to get about 20 episodes under my belt with this new show, The Dustin Gold Standard, try to figure out the direction I was going in, uh, gather feedback from you guys at TV as well as on uh, Twitter and some other places I am. I think we're on Telegram now. I don't like to use a lot of these um, these platforms because they're all owned by the technocrats, but unfortunately... We kind of have to use them uh, for people that don't want to join Payne.TV, which is a platform owned by Mike Moore and the uh, Thomas Payne podcast. And so if you don't want to join there, I'm trying to set up some other channels and avenues for you guys to communicate with me and to be able to communicate with each other. So I think we set up a telegram. It's uh, at Dustin Gold Show. Uh, is the channel where I'm going to start regularly posting the episodes and some articles that I reference in some of the episodes. And then I just set up a group on there, which I think it allows you guys to comment, um, which is under the gold pillars, gold pillars, no, the gold pillars. And then the Telegram channel is at Dustin Gold Show. And then I am going to start putting the video versions of these podcasts out on, I think we're going to use YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, maybe Band Video. I don't. Know. We're going to use as many as we can because the problem is some people don't ever leave the platform that they're on. And I think the content that I am producing and investing my time into is worth uh, is worth getting out there and letting people uh, listen to. So I'm going to release those shows about a month after they appear on the pain.tv platform so that the premium subscribers get access to those way 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 ahead of time and then i am working on possibly doing some premium content some stuff that is too hot for the public podcast platforms because there's content i do want to cover that's going to get me thrown off and i've had a long conversation with mike about this he is not limiting my content he is not censoring me he lets me do what i want to do and cover what i want to cover but we did have some strategy meetings and he warned me uh about things that would get me thrown off of these platforms And so I have experience with this over the last several years producing other people's content, but we were mainly utilizing YouTube and some other streaming services like uh, Vimeo. And so uh, we would get strikes and we would get bans and our accounts would get shut down and it just becomes a total nightmare and ends up... You know, when you have a whole Twitter account nuked with 50,000 followers, I think Mike lost one a year or two ago with almost a million followers, you know, and then you lose your ability to get this information out that you work so hard to research and to create and to produce. And so you have to be very careful. Uh, about the content that you disseminate publicly. So I'm probably going to be hosting content at pain.tv slash gold that is premium content only for you guys. And then I'm working with Mike and the Young Bucks over at the Thomas Payne team to be able to live stream on the pain.tv platform so that I can do live call-in shows with you guys and we can start to have discussions. I'd like a live chat feature similar to YouTube, but I've developed websites over the years, and it's a little bit more difficult than people imagine. There's really no out-of-the-box solution for live chatting, similar to YouTube, so I may have to go and build another solution for that, but it won't be for a while. There's still a lot of stuff I have to get done with this show, and I want to crank out um, some more episodes and get more feedback from you first, and make sure that you guys like the direction and the content that I'm covering. And how I'm covering it uh, before I go make any major investments out of my pocket for building a platform or maybe kicking in with Mike over there to help him build some of the features that I need to produce the type of content I want to do, which is interactive content so that I can communicate back and forth with you guys, which is really important to me i'm the type of person that likes to speak in front of a room of people Uh, i was involved in comedy as i've said i produce comedy i perform comedy and i like to get that reaction from you guys and it lets me know if i'm going in the right direction because at the end of the day i am uh putting this together for my future child that's coming but i'm also serving you as the listener and i want to make sure that uh you are getting value from the content i produce so in the meantime i've been reaching out to a number of people who i want to have on as guests on this show and i will name some of them like whitney webb um johnny vedmore patrick wood there's some other uh, people i hadn't known of that maria albanese turned me on to and i'd like to get some of them on because They've been covering the technocracy over the years, I think, with the Lars Butler work we just did, even some of the Elon Musk work we did, uh, going back to Ray Kurzweil. I've covered a lot of those topics for you in depth and in ways that I have not heard before. I wanted to share new knowledge with you, and then also stuff that's been covered I wanted to teach you in a more entertaining, more palatable, more uh, layman's terms Style, and I think I've I've done a decent job of that. And I am my own worst critic, as someone who comes out of uh, the creative profession and has performed comedy. I am my own worst critic, but I do think I've done a great job of that. So. I don't want you to harass anyone, but again, there are people like Whitney Webb, Johnny Vedmore, people that can fill in the blanks and have research topics that I don't have time to research, and rather than me doing shows analyzing the work they've done for me to tie in... Uh, more bits and pieces that they didn't cover and expand on what they researched, I'd rather have a conversation with them on the show and I would gladly go on their show in return. And so, if you guys are in communication with any of these people, please feel free to reach out to them in a respectful, polite manner and um, tell them you enjoy this show and you'd like to, to see them have a conversation with me in regards to the uh meat and potatoes of the technocracy uh because i know a lot of you guys also share articles and podcasts and trust me i listen to them uh from whitney webb and johnny vedmore and others uh there's also people like you know, Sam Tripoli, who's a comedian, but he's got a great show, Tinfoil Hat. I've listened to that over the years. I actually used to book one of my Obama impersonators into Sam Tripoli's comedy show called The Naughty Show years ago. And I've reached out to Tripoli a couple of times, haven't gotten a response. And I will again, because on Tinfoil At, for instance, I've never heard anybody really explain sort of this matrix that they're building and the way I presented it to you. I know no one has covered Lars And the AI Foundation Mind Twins, and I think we have valuable information to add to the sphere of people on Rockfin and other places that are talking about these type of issues. And so again, if you have any contact with them, if they communicate with you on social media, please let them know. I would be interested in talking with them also there are a number of regular listeners at pain tv people who contribute within the community who maria is starting to have conversations with i've had conversations with some people off air and i am looking for anyone who is out there who has expertise in any areas i mean if you study um, certain elements of the technocracy. If you are informed on, let's say, natural life stuff, I've got some guests I'm lining up locally, a doula who works with pregnant women on natural births. I've got a midwife who we're actually using for uh, my wife for the birth. Uh, really good midwifery and we're going to be interviewing them. I've got a woman who owns a farm here that we buy stuff from. So if you have any expertise in those areas, I would like to talk with you quick, 15 minutes off the phone, make sure it'd be a great fit and then have you on for an interview because out in the audience, I know you guys are a wealth of knowledge. Everyone is an expert in something. So I'm looking for guests to expand the conversation. I don't want to live in an echo chamber where I only hear myself talk. I think it's important important for me to talk to you guys to talk to other guests if you have interesting people that don't even have big podcasts but it's just someone in your life someone that you know who's an expert in any parts of technology that are willing to come on here and talk about it they don't have to hate the technocracy but let's say they're an expert in big data or natural language processing or deep fakes i would love to have a conversation with them so you can reach out to me at my email gold at pain.tv or through the pain.tv app, and you could sign up there at pain.tv/slash gold. Or you can communicate with me on Twitter. That's at hackableanimal or at Dustin Gold Show. Uh, I set up a Facebook page which I haven't put anything on. That's at Dustin Gold Show. Uh, YouTube at Dustin Gold Show. We haven't put up any new stuff yet, but we will be. And so you can reach out to me and all those different places and i will respond to you so i am looking for guests it's early in this show still but i do want guests and so feel free to send them my way the next guest uh that i'm bringing on here again we had legal man we had maria albanese this is a uh, former colleague of mine and uh some of you have may have seen and listened to his content over the years and for those of you who have i want to say this about guests because you know i'll get it if legal man's on i'll get it if maria albanese is on or whoever i bring on there are people that are going to like or dislike a particular guest But here's the thing. I vet the guest's information that they're presenting, and that's why I bring them on. There are certain people who are experts in certain areas, and I can't express what they're talking about better than they can because they may have spent uh, 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 10, 15, 20 hours of research in a particular area, and so it's best for me to have a conversation with them to discuss their research rather than me going and doing all that research on my own to just end up regurgitating exactly what they've already studied and so you know you may have heard this person you may have not it's totally fine uh whether you like their personality don't like their personality like legal man or maria or whatever don't worry about it just trust me if you like me that i vetted the information and they are the best source to deliver Um, to deliver content in this particular subject. So this person, uh, Halsey English, uh, really sent me over like this massive dissertation with probably a hundred links explaining their theories on how the government was going to utilize existing laws and regulations uh, that were put in place and technologies that we've been talking about here on the show and how they're going to end up pushing us into bankruptcy, trying to take every last penny from us, utilizing these laws and regulations when we decide to step out of line and not get into not get on the cattle car and move into whatever system these people are pushing. Now with this guess, we kind of disagree in some areas you know they start still talk a little bit about republican versus democrat that's not my thing they think sort of the the metaverse uh, technocracy isn't as as big as i think it is and so it's fine I think it was valuable information for you to see what this person had to say about how these guys are going to try to come after us here in the natural world if we don't agree, in my opinion, to step into their future metaverse, into their matrix, into the prison planet. And so this person I know of over the years, I used to podcast with them. Uh, is really an expert in geopolitics. They study politics constantly. They're always looking in depth into uh, laws like red flag laws and civil forfeit asset uh, civil forfeit civil asset forfeiture. I apologize, I've been recording all day, but they are an expert in this area. Their dissertation was fantastic. Their evidence was extraordinary and thorough. So just hang through the interview and listen to what they have to say because it is worth it. And if you're interested, um, you can look up this person on YouTube at Halsey. English, Halsey English, H-L-A-S-E-Y English, and the other content they produce, I don't really know. I haven't had time to listen to anyone's show. You may find it strange. You may like it. I don't know, whatever your flavor is, but um, they were kind enough to come on and share a couple hours with us here on the research they did. So trust me, it is definitely worth listening to because I learned a lot from it when they sent me the dissertation, which is why I said i gotta have him on the show so i hope you enjoy this interview i'll be right back and it starts uh right after this commercial break thank you very much for hanging in there i just had to introduce this person so this is dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you're listening to pain.tv join us at pain.tv slash gold you're
3: listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv Slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold standard on Payne.tv
1: All right folks, we are back from the break. This is Dustin Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold standard right here on Pain. Dot TV slash Gold, ladies and gentlemen. Before the break, I introduce you to our special guest, Halsey English, who I've known for several years, and he sent me over this dissertation, this thesis on how the technocracy, as I would explain it, he'll explain it in his own words, we don't have to agree on every aspect of this, but how they are going to be able to control and corral and punish those of us who do not go along with whatever system they have planned for us, maybe now, maybe it changes in the future, but all of the regulations, all of the laws, uh, a lot of the technology needed i <laughs> to control us is already put into place. And so my belief is that as they move forward into this matrix, whether that be part natural life or part cyber life, whatever it is, they are going to need a way to punish those of us who do not go along with it. And I know there's been several viewers who have written me and tried to tell me that uh, just go build a farm and these guys are going to leave you alone. You can break free. You have a victim-slave mentality and so that's why i thought it was important right now to bring halsey on to explain his dissertation because this is so well sourced he included so many links we're going to pull a lot of those up today to prove to you that the systems are already in place to put you in line if you decide that you are going to try to step outside of that line so halsey welcome to the dust and gold standard thank you very much for sending me all this information
2: always a pleasure my friend always a pleasure and, so and you mentioned you mentioned how they're going to come after you if you if you disagree. I mean, they've been working on this for a while. The, I mean, when you look at things like the Chinese uh CCP social credit score and the way that they're operating in Europe and Australia and New Zealand, they're telling us how they're going to do it. And you know, I, I always say I I, I want to use a parable that, or or at least an analogy that in 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 dealing with the america israel relationship and people say well they get so much foreign aid i always say well they get the the, the military industrial complex gets something they want in return they get real time testing against russian systems like in syria and places like that the the different countries that have been implementing these different levels of authoritarianism are doing exactly the same for the american system now they're showing them what works and what doesn't work. They're showing them what what will stop protests, what will stop people from rising up, what will stop people from fighting back, and what won't. Like, look at the truckers in Canada. You know, they sent the cops, they sent the National Guards, they sent everybody that they possibly could, and nothing stopped the truckers until Trudeau started taking their bank accounts. Then they lasted two days. You know, and he didn't stop with just them. He stopped with anybody who sold them a cup of coffee or... You know, brought them some ice or, or or a blanket, and when they lost their accounts, from all from what I understand, they still haven't gotten them back. So now, now the 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 kind of deep state world state knows these are the methods that work. Then you look at the Netherlands, and they have these farmer protests going on, and they're going on, and they're just ignoring them because they know if they do, if they ever get big enough that they need to stop it, they know how to stop it so they'll let these protests go on under the guise of you know freedom of expression freedom of speech freedom to protest but as soon as it impacts them in any way they'll they'll shut it down with a quickness
1: yeah and i would say the elites and the i mean we've talked about this back in the days on uh some of your shows i've talked about it on other shows now the elites and then their political puppets Um, Do you think really the only couple of things that they actually fear would be the and this goes across the whole country, not just in the United States, but would be either one, the people actually, if they push the people too hard, too fast, actually rising up and started starting to drag some of these people from their mansions uh, in a Muammar Gaddafi style or just another politician another puppet another elite trying to take out another one because he wants more power similar to like a game of thrones house of cards scenario right so i mean why would they want to uh, test all of these systems like you say around the world rather than just implementing them do you think they actually fear regular plebeians the peasants actually rising
2: up with pitchforks uh if they push too hard too fast i don't think that they necessarily fear it i think what they fear is the unknown. And they're not afraid that let's say, I mean, I hate using the term Republicans because Republicans just translates to pussies. But let let's say, let's say they fear that Republicans are going to organize on a January sixth level, where they'll protest and and possibly even get a little crazy, right? They that's an unknown to them because they don't know how far if they push that they'll experience some level of pushback. Now, we know that they'll people will put up with a lot of shit. I mean, if you look at the Declaration of Independence, it even acknowledges people will put up with a pretty high level of tyranny before they'll react, you know? But that unknown is always a devastating factor to them because they don't know what the next step will be at that point or when the masks will come off, and they'll lose the support of even their own kind of people. So by by testing these things on a smaller scale in different countries you can pretty much take human behavior for human behavior so if if they're like they're not going to go on on come up to your door and arrest you for writing a mean facebook post like they would in britain but they know they can censor you because they know that they've censored a ton of people and nothing's happened because of it so it's it's finding those lines that they can push cuz remember and and we talk about this on, on a lot of my shows there's three things they generally need to institute complete tyranny they need some kind of digital currency or at least control over the currency they need some kind of digital passport or way of of restricting your travel and they need gun control those those are the things they absolutely need so it's very easy to feel comfortable stepping back like i i even do it all the time saying well gun control would be impossible to fully implement in this country like biden could ban whatever guns he wants there's 400 million guns in this country just the sheer manpower to check if people are turning them in and things like that would be off the off the hook but as we'll get into later there are ways to get gun control without having to pass gun control and that's what that's what we're seeing more and more is how are they going to do these things and the further out you draw with the camera the further you could see the macro plan yeah, and i was just going to ask you that before we
1: get into the meat and potatoes here just so the audience knows what do you and, and look Plans are always changing. They change based on who the leaders are at any given time. And I'm not just talking about the politicians sitting in seats, but the the money guys, the big people behind them. So plans can change. But what do you see as we get into this dissertation here as... As their goals in the end, do you think, and you've mentioned to me, this is really just about sort of sheer authoritarianism. I mean, is that how you see it? What what do you see that they're trying to do? Or do they just want total control so that they can implement whatever system it is they're looking at doing down the road?
2: So it's a a combination of the two. The authoritarian aspect is something that any leader is probably going to embrace to some extent because most leaders believe that the reason – they're, they're not successful as they would like to be or they're not loved like Caesar or any of them is because they didn't have the power to do so. So there, there's that mix of, of authoritarianism there, but there's also a, a big aspect, especially in America, the European Union, of necessity. Because since the, the 40s, since since the New Deal, the way that politicians have have achieved and maintained power is through bribery. They they put you on welfare, they put they give you benefits, they give you tax breaks. They basically buy you off in order to let you keep thinking everything is just fine. But at the same time, we're out of money. There, there is no more money left. The Fed, who's always been kind of the bank of last resort for the government, they're broke too. So the only option they have is to print more money, which as we see leads to skyrocketing inflation. And have they shown any sign that they're going to give up? Of course not. I mean, Biden just promised another $500,000, $500 billion in order to cancel student loans for a handful of people because he wants to turn up. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's actually going to do it, but because he wants college educated whites to turn out for him in the midterms. So as as we start drawing to a point where there just is no more money or where the benefits that they promise people don't amount to shit because the currency is not worth it anymore and hasn't, hasn't improved. They're going to need ways to stop people from going completely insane because nothing goes, nothing says insanity like starving or not being able to pay your bills and, and getting thrown out of your house and homeless.
1: Well, I was just going to ask you that. Do you think they are putting these systems into place or started two years ago because they saw that eventually uh, everything would be bankrupt and it would and chaos would ensue, or are they a provoking chaos and then they're going to try to just control it? Or are they going to try to bank? everyone on purpose or is the goal to try to prevent that from happening how do you see that big picture
2: it's it's again it's a little bit of all of the above i mean let's let's just take a specific in, uh, instance like climate change right they've been telling us for years now that the earth is warming at an unsustainable pace we're all going to be dead soon new york is going to be underwater you, you name london's going to be underwater you name it but even though most of us think that it's kind of bullshit that that humans have such an impact on the climate and that it's all about co2 and all of that if they just ignore it and say well we tried but they wouldn't let us sooner or later people get pissed and they lose power so there has to be some level of control that they put in and these systems of control that they're putting in are usually there to stop crises from enveloping them as well you know and and as as bad as Trump was and as naive as he was and as powerless as he was, you could just see from COVID what they were able to accomplish with Trump. He went into COVID, COVID with a roaring economy. He went in with generally good approval ratings you know, among people. People weren't upset, let's put it that way. And for two years, they had him shut down the government over a cold. They had him develop a vaccine with Big Pharma were in the pocket of his political enemies you know and brag about how great it was they, they basically destroyed any chance that Trump had of being re-elected at that point then they rigged the, the election against him and now they're using what happened on January 6th as a way of politically suppressing his you know his supporters so what is their goal their goal is mostly I think just to survive I think that what you're talking about are just Ways to keep their own people in the dark and ways to keep other people mollified enough that they don't get pissed.
1: Now, let me just ask you this before we we get into uh, into this, just so uh, the audience knows what what are your personal beliefs on. Um, you know, the World Economic Forum, a Council on Foreign Relations. Are these just think tanks obviously comprised of the uh, elite heads of state and CEOs and investors and such? Are they just part of, as Klaus Schwab calls it, the stakeholders? uh, They meet to uh, devise these plans uh, that we just talked about in order to be able to insulate and protect themselves uh, if chaos ensues?
2: I think that they're twofold. One, I think they're a fantastic boogeyman, in order to kind of show like, oh, look, this is what they're going to do with you. They're going to make you eat bugs. They're going to put microchips in you. They're going to, you know, replace you with human, with with computers and all of that. And they, they, these people, that's what they actually want when all said and done. But in reality, there, that's the goal. The right now, we're not talking about the goal because they can't just implement the goal. So they need politicians who are at least on board with some of it, whether through nefarious thought or whether even just through pure ignorance. I'm sure lots of people, when they hear about putting a microchip in your in your body that that has your credit information, your health information and all of that, they see that as as an advancement of humanity. They don't see that as as a way that can be used to oppress, you know, general people at all times. It's people like us that see it like that because we have a general distrust for parties in power in the first place. But the World Economic Forum is is just basically, it's like the UN. They have very little power, but they provide a place for like-minded individuals to come together and figure out how to implement some of these things that they believe will be better at the very least for the governments of the world, but over the long term will be good for the people. Well, yeah, and
1: I was going to ask you that Do you, because I don't necessarily believe that uh, every person that we look at as evil believes that they're evil. There's some that believe they're actually doing good uh, in their plans. Do you believe these type of people are doing it uh, because they want to enslave humanity? Because They are evil, or do you think some of them actually believe this is the way forward, this is the way to sustainability, this is how we will save our planet? I mean, what what are your thoughts on the mentality, the psychology of these type of people?
2: I think these people really do believe that they're helping humanity, but I think they do it from a kind of pretentious, high-lofty goal, like a foreground, so to say. Like mm-hmm. they do believe what they're doing will be better than for humanity. But at the same time, the reason they believe it'll be better for humanity is because they believe most people are retarded, which I can't even fault them for thinking that because most people are retarded. And, and they figure that these are the things that are going to have to be implemented regardless of whether us plebs actually agree with them or not. So I, I think that when you hear like, um I, I forgot the name, the hackable animals guy, um, you know who I'm talking about Ubal. yeah you will know a harari yeah yeah when yeah. you hear lunatics like him speak it's not that he holds a position of prominence and you can go oh look he wants to you know make people into into hackable robots and stuff like that he represents the extreme of their type of movement so if if you say oh okay well they want to make us into hackable animals then you're a lot less likely to be upset when your passport has a tracking chip in it or that you're monitored by your vaccines, or things like that, because you say, oh, well, the goal is this. They're just trying to incrementally get there, so if we, if we play along for now, we'll be able to organize later. It's a stupid way to look at it, but it's a way a lot of people do look at it
1: oh uh, yeah a hundred percent it's like the digital uh, ids that are already in place in florida but i know what you're saying you put someone out there who is going to shout and scream and act crazy and then when you get anything less than that you believe that you actually won folks we're going to be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard on with halsey english you don't want to miss what's coming up this stuff is unbelievable it's mind-blowing you're listening to pain.tv and i will be right back
3: you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv.
1: Folks, we are back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold, and we are involved in an in-depth conversation with Halsey English, who is going to explain how the elites, how the powerful are going to be able to control us using the laws and the regulations and the technology and the systems they already have in place. But Halsey, I just want to pick back up from the last segment quick, because we were talking about the mindset and the psychology of these authoritarians who sit on the boards and sit in the councils over at places like the World Economic Forum, and it sounds very similar to sort of kind of the the fairy book tale of like in the founding with Thomas Jefferson, who wanted to give more power to the people, he had more trust in the people, and like an Alexander Alexander Hamilton, who wanted to give more power to the government because the People were so dumb, they couldn't be trusted. So in a sense, a lot of these guys that sit up on these powerful organizations like the World Economic Forum are the Alexander Hamiltons of the world. They seem to have won the debate.
2: Well, I mean, I don't even think there is a debate. I think when all said and done, that democracy itself, or even a republic, whatever you want to call it, will eventually lead to where we are right now. Because sooner or later, a politician will rise up in times of of distress and promise people more than they can deliver and it's just a form of enslavement and everybody knows that and everyone knows that sooner or later that's where you're going to get to so they figure well people are stupid they've all been suckered in i mean you could see it right now how many people are opposed to 90 percent of the welfare programs that the government you know puts in place in order to benefit certain communities but then if you tell them well how about we cut this and th- and it's benefiting them, they'll freak out and say, oh, absolutely not.
1: Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. So now let's jump right into this. I'm going to open up the notes on the screen uh, that you sent over and we kind of revised and then we'll start getting into the meat of this. But I think a good place to start is where you talk about the um, the point in which, like, the conspiracy itself is much more advanced than the conspiracy theory. So, I think let's start there because you talk about the CIA and the NSA, and you've said to me the fact is uh, because we focused on the show, um, I taught people about InQtel, uh, the CIA's hedge fund, and the hundreds upon hundreds of Silicon Valley tech companies that they're invested in, some of which are publicly traded companies, some of which are kept secret when the owner. Don't want it to be known They're working with intelligence But as you've said now The CIA and NSA are the internet So essentially every tech company Is working in some sense With the government Through government contracts Through these investments So let's start here I think this is a really good place Because you do make Some really great points here
2: Well I mean if you just look At all of the systems That are in place right now That we think were put in place For strictly you know Private advancement whether it be the internet, whether it be GPS technology, cellular technology, anonymous web browsers like Tor and and things like that, they were all invented by the military. They were all invented by the intelligence services. They were done specifically to meet a military goal, which was to use information both for the country, against enemies, and to be able to harvest information that would usually require some level of satellite technology or some level of human intelligence, or even more. And out of nowhere, they decided that, oh, it's great for people to have all of these technologies. And what seemed at first like something you could kind of opt into, which is true, you could just opt into it in the beginning. Not everybody carried a cell phone, not everybody had social media accounts, not everybody relied on email, not everybody even cared about the internet all that much in general. But now all of these things are almost a necessity for you to live any kind of life in our society like if you w- if you want to get a job for anyone but yourself like it's a good chance you're going to have to give up your social media accounts right if you want to get a job and keep it you'll have to give up your cell phone number and if you don't have any of these things you're at the very least going to arouse some level of suspicion from from the, the the powers that be, or the people that you're looking to, and you're giving them a level of control over you because a human resources manager might think you're the greatest person for the job. Then they sign on to your social media accounts and see you say, Trump 2020, or you know this one shouldn't be allowed to cut this child's dick off, or whatever it may be, and they can just immediately tell you that you're not right for the job. You're not given any protections, and they didn't discriminate against you because you're not a protected class so all of these things that that at one point you would think well what do they care about any of this are now being used against you and will continue to be used against you in a way that would never be would never fly if you were a protected class so when people get together and they go okay the cia is doing x and you can tell that they're doing x and they come up with just because it's called a conspiracy theory doesn't mean it's not happening you know and all of these things may be happening that all the different conspiracy theorists point to it, it's very likely a lot of them are happening but the the conspiracy is usually much deeper than people have found and it's deep to the point where it's already taken a part of your life and you just don't even know it yet
1: well and the fact is uh, you know a conspiracy is more than uh, two people meeting in secret to uh, plan something that will achieve a common outcome and the fact is the majority of this stuff aren't even conspiracies because most of this stuff the technologists the government officials uh, their own white papers talk about it's just that most people are focused on mainstream media or on influencers in social media that are essentially the same thing as the talking heads on television they just get paid a lot less who are not sharing this information with you a lot of this stuff is readily available right on DARPA and other government websites
2: there's that and and most people in general don't want to think that the 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 rulers above them or people that they've given a vote to or possibly donated to or campaigned for any of that they don't want to think that those people are necessarily bad-minded or that they're nefariously motivated so it it becomes a, a case of I I've said this for years. I always say the slippery slope is always real. Right? Because no matter no matter what, even if when people say, "Well, you can't legalize gay marriage because it'll eventually lead to tranny kids." And then everyone will always laugh at you and go, "Oh, that's that's just paranoid thinking. It'll never get that far." Of course it will. You were just able to think of it getting that far, which means other people have thought of it getting that far, and it probably will eventually get that far. You know, uh, how many people do you know just in the last five years? Oh, they'll never, ever normalize pedophilia. I mean, who could ever do that? Well, of course they are now because the the slippery slope is always real. So nobody wants to heed the argument of when they come out with something like the Patriot Act or civil asset forfeiture or, you know, advanced search or, or advanced interrogation or anything like that. No one or FISA warrants, anything like that. No one wants to think, well, oh, these people who are claiming it's going to be used against us to take our freedom, no one wants to believe that that's true, but it's almost always true.
1: Oh, and that's what I tell everyone I talk to that that always says, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's you, even uh, it's a bad example, but say Alex Jones or others that can predict what's going to happen 20 years from now. You tell people, I mean, when hasn't the slippery slope advanced a hundred more steps so when i look at what they're doing or what they talk about they're going to do in most cases you could say okay this is where it's going to be in five ten fifteen years because even with the evil stuff that they're doing i try to put my mind into the into the mindset of a psychopath and then i multiply that whatever i come up with by a hundred because i don't really think like a psychopath but it's pretty easy to see where they're going with all of this stuff especially when it's laid out in front of you and you can connect all of these dots as your research on this topic uh, has done. I mean, it's all sourced information. I just want to repeat this uh, that came out of your notes because you brushed over it in there. Um, You said the CIA and NSA doesn't require or rarely requires human intelligence anymore or to work behind the scenes to sell drugs in the ghetto or use their resources to arrest domestic criminals. They have all of these new technological tools, which were always intended to exert social control and promote a uniparty, totalitarian, administrative state. So I just wanted you to expand on that quickly before we move on to the next
2: uh, topic. Well, think about it. I mean, what do they really need to get a mole inside of an organization for? You know, or, or what do they need to have spies kind of trying to figure out anything? Um, they just don't need it anymore. It's 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 obsolete. Because now that anything they want to learn about you, they just have to hack into your cell phone or, or go into your browser history. because there is no, no one, first of all, no one is, is that disciplined that they can they can just do everything without getting on the internet. I mean, how do you even research where you're going? you know?
1: Well, as I mentioned yesterday on the show, uh, this concept of sort of, uh, we're talking about a character named Lars Butler and this mind twin technology, sort of your digital twin in the cloud. But as I mentioned yesterday on the show, we already have a digital twin. It's your digital footprint. Everywhere you go, you're interacting with the internet one way or another. You're putting in your bonus card at the grocery store. You're using your credit card at the gas station to get points. Uh, so you you're, 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 you're basically creating your own digital footprint every day uh, in one way or another. Eventually, that will just be uh, all brought together and they'll say, here's your digital passport, here's your digital ID, it's connected to your social security number, your bank accounts and everything else. But as you say, they don't even necessarily even need to do that because 90% of people in the United States are walking around with a smartphone anyway,
2: which is effectively your passport. I mean, other than than some fringe Religious groups, or maybe some like super ninety year old boomer boomers, like th- everybody has a smartphone. Th- there's no reason not to. There's no reason to only have a flip phone. If anything, just to use the camera or anything like that, or or get email. And it's a, like there aren't people really left that are that technologically retarded that they can't figure these things out. So they do, and human intelligence can be biased. Human intelligence can be entrapping. Human intelligence could start to sympathize with the people that they're trying to entrap. You know, these are all things that can happen. But digital information can never be subjective. It's just it is or it isn't. You know, like you could say you could write like, oh, I wish someone would kill this politician. Now, you could always say like, I was kidding or I was being facetious or I was being hyperbolic. But it's still there in writing. So no matter what you were trying to be, you still said it, and it's obviously some level of thought that you've had. So that intelligence to them is more important than someone coming back going, oh, they were joking around about killing a politician, but I don't think they were serious.
1: Right. Now, as you say in here, um, you you say and you mentioned the CIA and NSA don't use the Internet as a tool. They are the Internet. So let's just expand on that, because as we're talking about sort of leaving your digital footprint and and leaving behind, uh, basically every day you go out and you interact in this uh, technological sort of matrix we're already living in, whether you're being tracked by Amazon Rings or Google Nest or in the grocery store on cameras, it doesn't matter. Or everything is being processed and stored on servers. So as you say the CIA and NSA they they don't use the internet as a tool. they are the internet. So
2: uh, just expand on that for the audience. They created the internet. It was created with uh, through ARPA, which is a, an advanced Department of Defense research fund where that's what they do. So it's they it was only in the in the early 90s after they had already been using it, for nato and the department of defense for 20 years that they decided to release it for civilian purposes and have you think of have you thought of anything that's been more encompassing more promoted by the government more having companies and the government willing to spend billions upon billions of dollars to implement i mean at first the internet was thought of as oh maybe this will be cool and aol everyone loved it because you could chat with people But obviously, they knew what the results of the internet were going to be. They understood how efficient it was. And most likely, they understood how addictive it was. Because the internet is more addictive than any kind of drug, social media, things like that. Like, these are things people will actually fight and die for, as opposed to being a junkie who will just go rob somebody, you know, for for a fix.
1: Oh, 100%. And, folks, it is so addictive. I need to take a quick break and jump on the Internet. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're
3: listening to the
1: Dustin Gold Standard
3: on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. Standard on TV,
1: Folks, we are back from the break. I drained my mind on the internet, and I'm going to end this show. I'm kidding. This is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv, and I'm on with Halsey English, and we are getting into the system's And the technologies and the laws and regulations that have been put in place by our overlords to keep us in check right here in the natural world. Halsey, I wanted to ask you, uh, you say um, the NSA is easily one of the most secretive organizations in the United States, and they operate more in the shadows than the KGB or the Chinese Internal Security Service ever did and does. So can you talk about that quickly before we move on to the next phase of your research?
2: Well, I mean, think about this. The NSA is the most well-funded intelligence service in the entire world and in the entire world history, yet nobody knows anything about what they do. No one understands that their accomplishing the goals of the cia by statute because the cia is not supposed to operate within america's borders but the nsa that's specifically their mandate is is to stop terrorism stop drug dealers like all of this stuff from coming from abroad and infiltrating in america but what do you need hundreds of billions if not trillions of dollars to do that for Like And why is it that it's so untransparent that we know nothing about it? We know nothing about what they've accomplished. We know nothing about what they've done. Everything they do is 100% classified. And whenever there's a rumor that they're involved in basically anything, there's there's people that go to jail, there's people that, that get outed as criminals, things like that, that you can't think of any other way that they did it so this mandate that they won't be used to target individual American citizens is nonsense I mean it's it's always been nonsense you saw this with the Snowden reports about what the NSA is capable of doing in terms of spying on people through their emails through their phones I mean all all over the place and did anybody get fired over that I don't think so I think a couple people might have gotten yelled at in like a congressional hearing but but there was there was no there was, there was no follow up to that there was no heads rolling there was no how could you violate the law like that and now we're at the point where once they do it once and they find out that people don't get that upset about it they just keep doing it more and more and more and more and people didn't get upset about the information hacks that were going on with the cell phone companies and the NSA but now people aren't upset that the ATF is illegally compounding databases of background check information for people who have bought guns for the last 20 years that, and this is something they openly admit to this is something the congressmen have told you is happening and it's against the law and nobody cares nobody's doing anything about it nobody cares that that they they issued a secret FISA warrant warrant to to spy on trump's campaign or that they created this whole russia nonsense out of nothing like no one really cares about any of that stuff because we've become completely desensitized to which is the goal of boiling the frog, which is what they've been doing all along
1: oh definitely I mean that's great that you bring up Snowden because I brought him up on the show before whether people love him hate him think he was a spy a double agent a hero it doesn't really matter one of the first things he said in his interview with Glenn Greenwald when he first came out was that he did not fear being arrested he feared that people would go back to sleep and ignore the information that he was providing so whether he was put out there for the purpose of helping normalize this and desensitize people to it it actually ended up you know that situation anyway because like you said everyone knows that the government is constantly spying on you yet no one really seems to care about it anymore
2: there's that and i mean to more to your point the guy's been living in russia for how long now we have like serious russian prisoners that he could easily arrest snowden and say hey i'll give you back your your leaker if you release these people and he, they haven't done it i i would say he's it's more than likely that his goal was to release the information whether they let him do it or not that's i that's up uh, that's always going to be up for unless he comes out and just says oh i was told to do this
1: Yeah, let me ask ask you this because you're a smart guy. And you had just mentioned that the CIA is not supposed to be operating on U.S. soil. And I just want to ask you because we've been talking about it. Although, as you said, basically all of these companies can't really operate without the cooperation, without being in cooperation in a public-private partnership with the government. But how does the CIA, although they don't have to justify, how would they justify investing in uh, all of these tech companies, some public, some private? It some out in the open, some in secret, if they're not even supposed to be operating on U.S. soil, but they end up with in Qtel board seats on a lot of these companies.
2: <laughs> because they 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 operate under a premise that what they're doing is international. Like look at look at the whole drug smuggling with the medellin cartel back in the 80s, which I mean has, has all been but acknowledged by the CIA. It's not it's not woo to, to, to talk to talk about. Their goal was to support the Contras, was to be against, was to get weapons to Iran. And to get the budgets necessary to fight the different terrorist groups supposedly around the world now they didn't care that the medellin cartel was importing billions upon billions of dollars of cocaine into the country and they were even assisting them in that and at the same time it was truly supposed to be international in scope so they were fulfilling the terms of their mandate their the 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 collateral damage was the american people so The CIA, probably after so many fuck-ups where they got caught out there doing really hard shit that fucked up the country really bad, I think those people decided that, okay, we need a new organization that does the exact same thing, but has the mandate to do it so that if we get caught out there again, it doesn't come down to of were we allowed to do this or not. It just comes down to, you know, does anyone care?
1: Yeah, it's funny that you just mentioned Iran-Contra because there were a lot of players from Iran-Contra that ended up involved with this IP3 international deal that I had touched on because a gentleman, uh, sort of a technocrat that I'm reviewing Uh, and teaching about named Lars Butler sits on the board of this IP3 International and in there is the former head of the NSA while we're talking about the NSA, Keith Alexander who also sits on the board of a bunch of other companies and cyber councils with this guy and you talk about the NSA being everywhere, Keith Alexander (laughs) sits on the board of so many companies being the former head of the NSA now next you talk about the uh, NSA and the CIA easily just referred to as American. And intelligence services, what they do is attack domestic opponents. So let's get into that.
2: Well, I mean, just to your your point that you just made. It's not just that they sit on the board of of one IP three company or or this or that. If you look at any real technology company that has access to hardcore information from its users, the the board is littered with State Department officials, military officials, CIA officials. And they're all now supposedly in private life, which is nonsense. <laughs> I mean, just look at, look at, um look at, uh, uh, I'm not going to remember. Elizabeth Holmes was in Theranos, which just turned out to be a giant scam. But could you imagine how valuable it would be to have all of the health records of the blood tests that Theranos was claiming that they had? And their board had Henry Kissinger and Mad Dog Mattis and... William Cohen from the State Department, like all the people that you'd think, why are they on the board of this medical company? It's because it's about data. It's about making sure that that data is stored in a way that it can be useful to the intelligence services. And th- it's it's not a small deal. I mean, it's something that that's incredibly pervasive throughout the corporate world. In fact, there's a lot of companies that you even wonder, why would they go public? There's no reason for them to go public. And yet they do, and then you look at their board, and it's just littered with with CIA, NSA, State Department, and military officials.
1: Oh, yeah. Every company we look behind is them. The original seed rounds come from people like Peter Thiel, uh, come from all of these other investment firms that have done deals within QTEL. And then you look at the board, yep, and you see military, intelligence, all these kind of guys uh, sitting on those Boards. So when you say that uh, now their job, the NSA and CIA, is to attack domestic opponents, as we've seen really coming out of the Trump administration with Chris Wray, the head of the FBI, starting this. Uh you know, this attack on white nationalists, which basically, the, the I mean, we've done so many shows on the fake Nazi organizations that were set up by people like Tom Steyer, who ran for president on the Democrat ticket in 2020, uh, that really laid the foundation for people like Chris Ray to start to attack sort of this fake concept of white nationalists, which allowed them to open that up to domestic terrorists, which allowed them to open that up to all of us, <laughs> anyone who does not agree with what they are doing.
2: I mean, go go a step further, right? How many people have white nationalists supposedly killed in the last 20 years? I, I would say that if I said 50, it would probably be more than, than is true. Like Charlottesville, which we've never heard the end of, one person was killed, and it's questionable whether she was actually even hit by the car they claimed she was hit by because she died of a heart attack, right? Like, on January 6th, nobody was killed except for... Um, why is her name? I'm, I'm not getting her name out of my memory right now. But okay. Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt. Yeah. She was killed she, killed. she was murdered on live TV by a, a, a Capitol Police officer for no reason. And we still haven't heard the end of it. The, the people that went into the Capitol are still rotting in prison without trials and without being granted bail. But for three months, the George Floyd riots, they burned down half the country, killed like 40 people. And the vice president was out raising their bail money. And last I heard, nobody's really been charged with anything except for a couple like disorderly conduct offenses. So when, when you see what they're they're capable of in order to to push an enemy and to push a narrative of an enemy, that's where you should be really terrified, because at any point they can just decide that your group is a threat to whatever it is they're doing and they can target you and they can target you down to the core and there's nothing you can really do about it I mean conservatives love pointing out the constitution and the bill of rights and well they can't do that because it's against the constitution or they can't do this because it's against the constitution when was the last time any of these people gave even one tenth of one shit about what's going on in the constitution they don't and, and they openly will say so you know, they'll they'll say, well, the Constitution is is not meant to be absolute. Like, yeah, it kind of was. Like the whole freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of association, freedom from unreasonable search, freedom from cruel and unusual punishment, freedom from self incrimination freedom to bear keep and bear arms. These things were absolute. There there was no exceptions to them when they were written. And yet we've found a way to put exceptions into all of it. You yeah, know, and, 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 well,
1: and, and as you say right here, I mean, it's this illusion of choice in our leaders and that policies implemented by these leaders are not fully agreed upon by both parties, regardless of what the people want. You talk about how uh, plenty of times where politicians screw up and say the quiet part out loud and where they openly urge intelligence services to go after dissentic politicians or political groups, which we saw all throughout the Trump presidency, love him, hate him, think he's a useful idiot, he was a Trojan horse, doesn't really matter if you remember Chuck Schumer went on TV and warned Donald Trump that the intelligence agencies had seven ways from Sunday to come back at him. Phil Mudd, former NSA, former CIA, went on TV and said the government is going to kill this guy. Are those the type of things that you're referring to?
2: There's yeah. And there's that. And there's also just the concept that if people really cared about the Constitution, right, there would be a, a somewhat acceptance of certain things and there would be a process in which people would seek redress like the the supreme court overruled roe v wade which they didn't say that abortion's illegal they just turned it back over to the states the people that are out protesting and burning shit down and going crazy and you know saying we're going to re- we're going to f- kill the filibuster and appoint 20 new justices so that they're all democratic they don't live in any of the states that that are going to curtail abortion they're not going to notice any difference in their lives whatsoever. They'll virtue signal to like that 10-year-old who is forced in Ohio to carry her father's rape baby or something like that. But they don't care about those people. They, At every chance they get, they call those people, you know, country rednecks and, and hicks and white nationalists and racists. They don't care about any of those people. And they're not willing to, to abide by any level of constitution or cons- constitutional principle. They just want their way. They'll, they'll be happy. All sides are happy to cite the Constitution when it when it benefits them. But it's your acceptance of it when it doesn't go your way, which, by the way, the right always accepts it when it doesn't go their way. It's only the left that doesn't accept it. I mean, the right has accepted gun control from blue states for how long now? The right has accepted this, this unwritten right to an abortion for how many years now? And they organized against it. They did whatever they could. And they got some some rights restored and now people are going insane and people are getting hurt and people are getting beaten up and buildings are getting burned down and politicians are out there like elizabeth warren and joe biden himself have come out and said that emergency pre- pregnancy centers need to be banned from the country now all these people do is try to give you support for pregnancy if 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 your issue is money they give you money if your issue is diapers they give you diapers if it's if it's medical care, whatever it is, that's what they do, because their goal is to prevent abortions from happening. It's not like they kidnap you and like tie your legs shut so you can't have an abortion until ninth month. Like these these are just basic civic organizations. And since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we've seen 20 of them burned to the ground, vandalized their their workers attacked in the streets and nobody does anything about it.
1: Definitely, and while we're on this short break I am going to go burn down an abortion clinic I'm kidding, this is Dustin Gold Right here on the Dustin Gold Standard On pain.tv We will be right back with Halsey English
3: More listening to the Dustin Gold Standard On pain.tv Join the discussion At pain.tv Slash gold More listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv
1: all right folks i am dustin gold and this is the dustin gold standard right here on TV. and i am in a conversation with halsey english who is starting to get into exactly how the government and their and their puppets their police state are going to control any of us who decide to step out of line halsey i'm going to go back Uh, to something you touched on in the beginning, but you talk about the intelligence services biggest tool which is false flags and you're not referring to or not talk we don't need to get into like the school shootings and stuff like that right now but you're talking about uh, putting out the concept of microchipping from the sense of having a chip in your arm that you use for your uh, uh you know at the grocery store you use for your driver's license because the cell phone is in fact that microchip it's where all our data is stored we talked about that but what you get into next is about how the government are already has the ability to access your cell phone and all of that uh, data uh, stored on that phone or stored on your cloud associated with that phone really
2: without any type of warrant anyway can you get into that well i mean they they do need a warrant if let's say you've been you've been accused of being a rapist right and they believe that you have videos on your cell phone that will prove that you're a rapist they do need that initial warrant to get into your cell phone. But once they're in your cell phone, it's like anything else. Like if they came into your house for a search and they were looking for drugs, but then they went into one room and found millions of of illegal firearms, right? They could still charge you with the illegal firearms, even if they never found any drugs. This has been a, a common law enforcement tactic since the 20s, when, when the Supreme Court ruled that the government can use private organizations to kind of further their own goals in Olmstead versus um, I forgot, one of the electric companies, or telegraph companies. Um, And at this point, it's not just your cell phone. Your cell phone is the brain that controls everything. Like you walk into your house, you have your Alexa's, which, you know, listen to you constantly and will tell what kind of food you eat, what kind of healthcare decisions you make, what kind of entertainment venues you go to, what kind of schools you look for, what kind of math knowledge you know or don't know. And all of that is right there, stored in your in your cell phone brain. Okay, and now with the Internet of Things, it's becoming to the point like Mike, my, my refrigerator has that level of of knowledge from my phone. Like if if someone in my house leaves my refrigerator open for too long, I get a text saying <laughs> your refrigerator has been open for more than forty <laughs> seconds. Like you know, your stuff will get whatever. My 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 refrigerator can make a cup of coffee for me. If, if I want a cup of coffee, I just hit a button on my cell phone. And when I come to my refrigerator, there it is. There's the cup of coffee. Like it has a camera in it that can see inside and outside the refrigerator. So I know exactly what food I have inside and what's going on in my kitchen outside. I'm, my coffee maker does these things. My Keurig. Like I can I can set up my... Like my Keurig tells me when I need to change a filter on my phone, it, it orders more coffee for me when I'm getting low. Now, do I take advantage of most of these features? Not really, because I don't care. But I didn't really have the option of saying no to them either. You know, I mean, I could buy a more basic one, but then it doesn't work very well. So the the only way that you you get the better technology is by buying all of these technologies that are going to use to harvest data from you. So Right, right. I well, mean, it's, the
1: same, it's the same thing we're experiencing here right now in the United States with cars and the constant push beginning with Obama's cash for clunkers all the way through now to push used cars off the road because they want everyone in these vehicles that have the computers inside them and then eventually push
2: us into the uh, EVs. Of course they want to push us into the EV because you know why? In order for you to charge an electric vehicle when all said and done, you have to connect to the system. You can't just find a gas station or you can't just go siphon somebody's gas out and and fill up your car. If you're on the run or if you're trying to live off grid or anything like that, with an electric car, you have to register all of its components. And eventually you have to charge it by plugging into some level of public or private electricity system, which also downloads all your data so that it can make itself work more efficiently is what they wind up saying.
1: Yeah, when in fact it's so they can turn it off uh, when you don't comply or they want to stop you from being able to move around.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to see more and more of this as we go. And I I like to call it like either the the nanny state or the administrative state because these are the ways that we we accept our own enslavement, but we also give up the right to any kind of redress from the government when they do take advantage of us. You know, because we we say, oh well, I don't like the idea that the government can take my cell phone data. I don't like the idea that the CIA slash NSA has been monitoring my emails and my cell phones and my and where I walk and where I talk and where I go. Like, I mean, you realize that you can buy the cell phone data of everybody right now, like of all their geolocation data. That's how Dinesh D'Souza made two thousand mules. They were just able to buy all the all the information that they wanted. And I, I don't care what anyone says. If you know a, per- if you're looking for a specific person and you know where that person has been and is going, eventually you can use any kind of computer to, to, to get out like um, an anonymity and figure out who it is that you're tracking and all of that. So if you know that a person went from this McDonald's to this Starbucks to this college to this workplace and then to their house one day. All you need to do is buy that the geolocation data of all the cell phones in that area for that day and then just whittle them down. Okay, this one stopped at, at a gas station. We know that our guy didn't do that. So, and as you whittle them down, you'll realize that everybody's day is pretty unique. You know, no one goes to the exact same places all day because eventually you have to go home. So oh, definitely. Well, and you can right now buy that information. You don't even need to like have a warrant or go to the cops. Like that information is readily available. Commercially
1: yeah and you did and you mentioned this earlier, and I just want to uh, say it one more time because it was earlier in the show to reiterate how you said basically they've done a fantastic job of making cell phones so socially necessary that they do not require you uh, that they require you to have one now society demands that you have one most online apps which require two- factor authentication. Uh, which in, in these days require a cell phone so they can confirm your identity through text. And even financial services like centralized crypto exchanges, stock trading platforms, and banks require the same to execute any transaction. So when I hear people say to me, oh, I'm going to get a burner, I'm going to find an old flip phone that operates, well, good luck because they're shutting all the 3G towers down anyway. There's really no cell phone that can't be tracked. And what we talk about in the show is, is their ability to live one foot in this matrix, and one foot out of this matrix. I know there's people like you uh, that were doing it before COVID. Now a lot more people doing it after COVID who are buying bigger pieces of land, more rural land, farm land. So that's one way to do this, but in a sense, unless you're independently wealthy and you can produce and manufacture everything you need on your land, you really can't go full Amish. Most people like you and I still have to make money, so you have to step foot uh, one foot into the matrix to be able to make food coupons so that you could feed your family. And essentially, you cannot do that unless you're bartering and trading sheepskins or something for a bag of potatoes. You still have to go out into this technological world to make a living
2: there's that and and also you you have to take it a step further right that most of the time when someone says oh you don't have to submit to this level of surveillance because you could just do x that that thing that they're talking about either doesn't exist anymore it's already been compensated for or it only existed in hollywood in the first place right? Like burner phones. Like everyone hears about, oh, I could just buy a burner phone. You can't get it operational unless you register it. And if you and you can't just make up a social security number and a name and things like that and register it. It doesn't work. So even if it did work a while ago where you could just buy an anonymous phone and use it, yeah, that, that's gone. And the same thing with the prepaid credit cards where everyone goes, oh, I could just buy a prepaid credit card and, and do all of my transactions through that. They won't activate it unless you go through Know Your Customer regulations. So a lot of people who think that, oh, I could just do X, it's a Hollywood imaginationing, or or even worse, an internet forums room, where they think that these things are doable when they're just actually not. And if you want to see about the people who go, oh, well, I could just go off grid and live off of the land, right? Watch any reality show, like like Naked and Afraid or Alone or any of them, which are all very entertaining. Most of these people can't get food in a place with abundant food. Most people, like, you will die of, of innocent infections if you don't have a way to properly clean yourself or to, or to, you know, filter your water or anything like that. So yes, theoretically, could you buy a piece of land and just go live off grid where no one knows who you are, where you are, or what you are? I mean, can you even have the land without paying property taxes on it registered to your name in the first place? But if you could, theoretically, the idea of living off grid completely is the the most hardened survivalists would have difficulty living that type of life. If you're from like a, a suburb and you think that you can do it, you just watch too much television. Oh, definitely, and
1: I want to just get into this before we start getting into the bullets and you start breaking down the uh, government regulations, laws, and systems that are in place to basically push us back into line, but I just want to finish up this part. We're talking about uh, social media accounts, and you mentioned this earlier, but right now, social media, email, text, are the preferred communication uh, systems that we utilize today, but you say right here, most employers require you to uh, give them your social media accounts during the hiring process. And New York State requires all social media links used by an applicant for a concealed carry permit, which they've used for uh, the previous three years. So uh, explain that here, because that's really important as we get into now sort of the technical uh, formation of these these laws and regulations that we're going to show how the government can use them to basically destroy your life.
2: Well, I mean, it all comes down to this. Let's say you you find a job opening, right? That that it's, the job is made for you, right? You fit all the qualifications. You've gotten in touch with them and sent your resume. They're dying to talk to you. You come in and the interview is fantastic and everything's great. And they're the the even the HR manager tells you, we're ready to make you an offer. And then you tell them that you don't have any social media accounts, right? You don't have a Facebook page. You don't have a Twitter. You don't have a Snapchat and OnlyFans or anything else, right? You have none of it they're either going to think that you are so behind the times that they're going to reconsider hiring you in the first place or worse, they're going to think that you're either anonymous on those sites and don't want to give that up or that you've been kicked off all those sites for having extremist views, right? So you can have – and look, you could play the game of, oh, I'll make a, a a fake social media account or I'll just have this one that's just for me or you know, I'll stay anonymous when I go say the N-word 50 times a day but I'll have like my one glaring one I could give to a, to um, employers. No, that doesn't work. Like there, are, there are groups, especially leftist groups, that spend all day trying to unmask anonymous people online so they could go after them and ruin their lives. And you could tie it right into two things. You could also tie it into red flag laws. They they show us the way of how they're going to react to all new things that that require government regulation where they claim it's completely innocent. Like, how many times, I mean, you've been through it, I've been through it, how many times have you been mass reported on social media for saying something that people don't like, and then you lose your social media accounts? How long is it before every single person who ever signed a public NRA statement or wrote, you know, out with my AK-47 at the firing range today on social media, how long before their local police start getting hundreds of complaints that they're a danger to themselves or others, they've threatened a school, they've done whatever. Now, none of it'll be true, but what cop is going to go, ah, eh, yeah, that's probably bullshit, you know? Right. Because if it turns out it was true and they ignored it, they'll they'll be crucified. So the red flag laws, which people go, Oh, why would you have why would you care about red flag laws if you have nothing to hide? Well, that is the ultimate conversation piece of a dictator. Like that's what that's what authoritarians say. You know, if you don't care, what, if you have nothing to hide, then why would you care that the police want to search your house? Why do you care if the police want to search your cell phone? Well, because maybe it's none of their goddamn business what I do in my life, or maybe I don't believe you that everything is so innocent. So, no, I don't care that just because I haven't done anything wrong means that I should therefore be perfectly comfortable with the government injecting itself into my life everywhere.
1: Yeah, and we saw that narrative and bumper sticker slogan come into play in our lifetimes big time, you know, after 9-11 with the Patriot Act, and then I I remember there was a big debate when they started talking about flying drones all over the country, and if the drones were in New Jersey, but they were sent to an emergency in Maryland and it was going to take them two hours to get there, everything they videotaped from the sky, like anything you have in your backyard, is uh, public information and could be used to come and Prosecute you, somebody who had nothing to do with the flight
2: pattern of that drone from point A to point B. Well, I mean, it's also this. This is a principle with government, and this is just anyone who's who's been around long enough to watch the Republicans and Democrats that they know this principle. Me and you have talked about it for years, and and me and my other guests have talked about it for years. If you really want to know what the government wants and what the government wants to do, every time a bill is proposed. Look for that one thing that they'll never get rid of, right? When COVID started, every single bill, whether it was for stimmy checks or employment benefits or PPP loans, every single bill all had a bunch of wacky shit in it, but every single one had a, had a ban on voter ID, right? And you could tell over time that's what they wanted because as they pared each one down and started taking more stupid shit out of them or adding more benefits, subtracting more benefits the one thing that remained was a ban on voter ID. And mm. to his credit, this is one of those few times, I think Trump probably deferred to Mitch McConnell and all them, but they said, we'll we'll cancel the unemployment benefits, we'll cancel the STEMI checks, we're not giving you that. And that's of course why the moment that Biden had the House and Senate and got inaugurated, the first bill they proposed was the, the whole voting thing, which puts a blanket ban on voter ID.
1: Exactly. And you just reminded me, as you mentioned, Joe Biden, I have to take a quick break because he's upstairs in my bathroom and I need to go change his diaper. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold.
3: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on
1: Pain.TV. Oh, God, folks, that was a messy diaper. I'm probably going to go to prison for uh, polluting the planet with all of the toilet paper we had to use. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.TV, and we're here with Halsey English. Halsey, before we jump into this was sort of uh, the initial communication you sent to me kind of laying out your dissertation i just want to hit on this last point so the public realizes this because a lot of people still don't not that it really matters in the big uh scheme of things but as you point out all of the data all of our uh, our knowledge our memories our experience and everything that we upload to social media is owned by the social media companies when we upload it to them to that public domain correct
2: for sure and 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 that has become rock solid legal principle at this point like if if you upload a a picture of your of your dick and send it to some girl on facebook even if the girl doesn't complain if facebook wanted to have you arrested for it or anything like that like you can't say it was a private conversation you've given them the right to that data if you oh, if you put up a picture of you and your kids and they decide to use it in an ad for facebook you have no rights to any of that stuff that that now is owned by the social media companies, and these are all part of the terms of service to get an account in the first place. It's not even like they, you know, they tricked you at some point and sent you an email and asked you to sign it. Like you wouldn't have an account if it wasn't for these things.
1: And do you know, uh, based on any uh, legal precedent, does that roll into? Um, I, th- I think you just implied that direct messages and private messages on these social media platforms.
2: Yes. And any time a system or service comes out that basically advertises that they're going to be a privacy service and not give up your data to, to the different powers that be and that they're going to hold privacy as a major principle, they either get kicked off of every single you know service there is. You can't get it from the App Store. You can't get it from the the Google Play Store. None of it. Or they get attacked as being, you know, a, a Nazi tool or a tool of white nationalists or something like that, and they go out of business. Parlor was that way, like Parlor, which was a, a horrible service, and I don't even really know anybody that cared about it. But they offered privacy and and a venue where conservatives can avoid censorship, and so therefore it had to go. You know, and think <laughs> about it. They kicked it off. They kicked Parlor off the Google Play Store and the App Store and every part of the internet because they claim that people used Parler to coordinate January 6th. Well, we now know for sure that that isn't the case. They used Facebook to coordinate January 6th. And has there been any sanctions against Facebook? Has there been any talk of kicking them off the App Store or, you know, over-regulating them? Of course not.
1: No, definitely not. And, I mean, and you know, and how... How much was Parler vested in protecting you anyway? When it started off, that you had to upload a copy of your driver's license to right. uh, to Parler to get an account. So, I mean, somebody was collecting data, and the people behind that, in the end, I don't think would have had any interest in protecting you anyway. That was a Mercer-backed uh, company, was it not? Yeah, I don't. I don't
2: even remember at this point. But but back but back to my original point that I was just talking about. If you want to see and you just have to consider that the Democrats are the deep state at this point, because even even electing a Republican, the most I mean, you can elect the most independent Republican like Trump or the most, you know, neocon conservative regular Republican there is. They don't have any real power. They have the power to maybe influence here or there or to warn here and there or maybe to kind of like steer legislation in a sense. But in the, but the the deep state is completely left wing at this point. The Department of Justice, the, all of them. This the the Secretary of State, Department of State. All of these these organizations are completely left wing. So what have they wanted? So you have to look at it since they took power, which was basically the beginning of COVID, when they took both ha- houses of Congress. It was right before COVID, right? Every single legislation that they've passed has contained that one thing, and that one thing has always been extrajudicial judicial power or extrajudicial authority, right? They they implemented a, a ban on you paying your rent. So if you're a landlord and your sole source of income is a rental property that you own, and your tenant told you for two years to go fuck yourself and wasn't going to pay the rent, that you just had to starve, and you just had to watch the bank foreclose on your, on your property, and that was your problem. Also, if while they weren't paying rent, let's say the air conditioner broke, you were still obligated to fix it just like you were as if they were paying rent. So not only were you not getting paid, you were paying your mortgage, you were paying your taxes, which by the way, not a single state government gave you a break on. Okay? And at the same time, the government told you that you didn't have to pay your mortgage. Same thing with the with the vax mandates that they didn't have the authority to do that to tell private companies that they were going to do it, and they did it anyway. You know, they you see it with with control of information. We now know the FBI told Facebook to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story, right? Which I mean I, I that's that's my my biggest gripe about Trump and his whole oh my god they rigged the elections, they cheated. Yes, they did before a single vote was cast and you didn't have a word to say about it at that point. It was only after you lost that you decided to come out with Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood and all these people claiming that people were driving ice cream trucks filled with votes to like the the polling places in the middle of the night. No, it shouldn't have even been close, but it was because you allowed this to happen because your ego told you that it was going to be fine. But now since Biden has taken office, everything is about administrative power. It's about how do we deprive you from rights granted or or protect ourselves from lo- privacy laws to be able to take from you what we want to take, right? They w- when After Uvalde, they passed this historic gun control bill, which... Notice how the Republicans found enough votes to to get that passed? Notice how it doesn't have anything to do with with gun control? Like they didn't do anything. The only thing they did was establish a fund to convince all the states that don't have red flag laws to implement red flag laws. And and obviously to to maybe make the background checks a little stricter on people between 18 and 21. Like mm-hmm. they're hailing this as historic because it is. Because red flag laws are the way that they take your guns from you without having to go to a court to do it or without having to get votes to do it they just have to go to a cop and tell him that you're a danger to yourself or others and the red flag laws will hold that cop accountable if he just says oh go fuck yourself i i, I don't really believe you right so yeah and and now what they're doing with the irs which is which is as far as i'm concerned is game over Now we're going to see the power of the administrative state times 10.
1: Oh, 100%. And I went over this on my uh, show on a couple of episodes with... Uh, Peter Thiel's Palantir that was developed years ago uh, on the pitch to the government or to the public or where they got their funding, uh, which was backed by NQTEL, which is the CIA's hedge fund, was for the purpose of tracking down terrorists worldwide on behalf of the government using their financial transactions but then in 2018 palantir signed a 100 million dollar contract under the trump administration with the irs to start using the technology to track down Tax cheats, which means harass you in your personal life and harass your business. And now we're seeing all of a sudden the budget, including all this money to hire 87,000 new agents and new employees at the IRS. Well, I'm waiting to see how many new cases are going to be opened that stem from Palantir's technology, which was designed to track down terrorists. But we are the terrorists. That's been pretty evident the last few years in this country. We are the terrorists.
2: Not only are we the terrorists, we are the targets, because remember, they need to pay for this stuff, number one. And it's been proven in history that that and it's not even like uh, like up for debate. The people that the IRS audit majoritively are poor people. Okay, rich people, they've been audited forever, but it doesn't require eighty seven thousand new agents. In addition to the eighty six thousand they already have to audit a bunch of billionaires to figure out if they're paying their fair share. Okay, and th- there's no reason why. They they file such in-depth tax re- returns that they could either tell them they did right or wrong. Okay. So right. But at this point, they're putting them in place because the IRS is the only organization in America that can operate on, a, on an in- administrative level. They don't need warrants. They don't need court orders. They can just completely fuck over your life for as long as they want, and there's nothing you can do about it. So you, when you think about it, if uh, if if, you, if an IRS agent visits you, right, and says, "I think that maybe you did something shady on your taxes," and you say, "Well, no, I didn't. Here's all my records. Here's everything," and they, there's a million ways they can prove you did something shady on your taxes, even if you never did, because the entire tax code is contradictory in and of itself. On one page, it'll say you can deduct this. On the next page, it'll say that you can't. You know, and it's just up to you to figure out which is the best one that you're going to go with. So when they come to you and say, oh, we're going to do all of this, we're going to we're going to investigate this, we're going to do all of that. Now they can do a bunch of things. One, they can impound your bank account. They could say that you've been hoarding money or that, you know, your, your money has been gotten from ill-gotten gains. And remember, ill-gotten gains can be from tax evasion. They can say, well, you didn't pay your taxes right and you have $20,000 in your bank, so we're now taking that. So... And, they don't oh, need yeah. a order. and then we will
1: be Yeah, and hold up on that because I want to get to that uh, in a little bit because that, that's the scariest part of all of this, how they're actually going to do it. But I, I just want to bring you back real quick before we get into that because we got to hammer this home that you're talking about what you just mentioned is coming to everyone. Every enemy of whatever regime is in power is is going to face this. You no longer have to be investigated. As you say, you no longer have to be charged because they will just be visited by an armed administrator and they don't need the court to wreck your life any longer. The prison industrial complex served its purpose just like slavery and you talk about, just bring this up because it's important, you reference this in regards to how the Northerners uh, talked about slavery.
2: Well, it, it was... I, I say this all the time, the Northerners' argument against slavery, and I'm not talking about the hardcore abolitionists, because at the at the point of the Civil War, no one cared what the hardcore abolitionists had to say, right? Lincoln wasn't an abolitionist, nobody gave a shit. So what what the Northern industrialists told the Southern plantation owners was that it was inefficient, that they didn't need slavery in the first place because it was a waste of money. First you had to buy the slave, then you had to to keep them medically appropriate to work, they were lazy and if they got hurt you had to pay for their medical care you had to pay for their food you had to pay for all of the upkeep that you would as if you owned a pack animal right but in the north they said you can have all of those things by paying pennies to the person for their labor and then if they if they stop serving your purpose if they stop working for you if they get hurt that's on them let them figure out how to house themselves and feed themselves and and provide medical care that's not your business and of of course it didn't it, it wasn't an argument that worked the southern slave owners didn't listen but but the same argument can be used right now it's why should we go through the hassle of instituting gun control gun control is my biggest one on this because of how easily it can be abused and because all of the breadcrumbs that go back to this in that before they passed this 87,000 new IRS agents, they passed red flag laws, or at least the encouragement of red flag laws on a state level, right? So an IRS agent comes into your house and says, oh, I think you've been doing shady shit on your taxes. And he said, I haven't done anything. Here's all my records. And they go, okay, we have all your records, but we still think you did something shady. So we're fining you $80,000. And you say, well, A, I don't even have $80,000. But B, I don't owe you $80,000. Okay, well, then you have to go to tax court, which requires you to get a lawyer, which costs a fortune. There isn't one will be provided to you if you can't afford one. This is not a criminal court. This is a civil case, right? So they're able to take all of your money and all of your property, including guns, if they say you've evaded taxes and are being fined. Now, let's say they go a step further. They come in your house. They'd say, I want to see all your records. Your records are so simple that they don't see a benefit to, to using that level of administrative justice. They they just say, well, you know, I, I think we're going to have to, you know, go to a more intense audit or we're going to do this or we're going to do that. Or they schedule a secondary audit or anything like that. And someone goes, wow, you people are really fucking relentless. I, I can't believe that that the government would treat people this way. Okay, well, now they make a phone call to the police department and they say, hey, this is IRS agent Purple Hair. And this person got all wild with me. And I, I think they're a danger to federal agents red flag them okay now you got the guns and you haven't done you haven't done anything that i can protest by going to court and demanding justice because even if i go to court and the judge rules oh well the red flag laws were implemented you know on, erroneously the irs agent lied all of that stuff it's still on the police department to actually give you back your guns at that point and most stories that i've heard and seen online about red flag laws people that have been red flagged have taken years to get their guns back. And that's if they get them back at all.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, I have mentioned to you, and we'll cover this in a moment, but I had mentioned to you uh, podcast I listen to called The Quash by Legal Man. He's on Twitter at US Law Review. And as he says, good luck in, uh, he's a lawyer, been practicing for 40 years, and he speaks out against the system and talks a lot about the uh, Civil War and the founding of the country as you have over the years. And like he says, good luck if you think you're going to fight the government in court with a government uh, paid for judge in a government courthouse with a government prosecutor with your lawyer who was uh, licensed by the government in front of a jury possibly who's there um, at the threat of gunpoint by the government being paid a stipend by the government so good luck going up against the government but then you make the point that why would they even pay for prisons and courts and police and all of this stuff when they could just go around you and utilize these
2: administrators to make you homeless and penniless. Exactly. And you know, the, when you look at these kind of things like what problems do these solve for the administrative state, right? The one the main one it solves is gun control. Because they can't pass gun control, it's too unpopular, and even if they did pass it, it's completely unworkable. What are they going to do? Gather up 30,000 IRS agents, I mean uh, ATF agents and go invade small towns so they could take everyone's guns? First of all, it would lead to, to mass chaos and probably a lot of bloodshed, but they wouldn't accomplish their goal because too many people have guns that they don't even know about. So yeah, the gun don't- control thing-
1: I was going to say, and don't get, you mentioned the purple hair people, but I want to save that until the end. And we've got about another half hour, uh, the purple okay. hair people, where the, where this army is going to come from with these 87,000 agents, because that is the best part of all of this. That is the mind blowing uh, revelation in all of Halsey's work is who they are actually going to be sending to your home. You're going to love this folks. We'll be right back from this break. And then we're going to get into civil asset forfeiture, the Patriot Act, the tax code, RICO, a little more on red flag laws, exactly how they are going to make you homeless and send you to a tent under a big giant bridge living right next door to some weird troll with three eyes and 14 arms. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and we'll be right back on Pain.tv.
3: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv/gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv/gold, and I am on with Halsey English as he was about to spill the beans on the IRS administrative. Nazi force they're going to send to your house. Wait until you find out who these people are. You're going to be really excited. It's all going to make sense to you because... This ties in everything we've seen over the last decade and sort of the creation of the social justice warriors, the creation of the fake Nazis and these white nationalists to give the social justice warriors an enemy to fight back against. All of the tools like civil asset forfeiture, Patriot Act, Tax Code, RICO, red flag laws have been put into place. All of these technological systems like Palantir that are used to track us all the time, that are going to be used to hunt us down through all this complicated tax code. It all comes together. It all fits together. All the pieces are now coming in and aligning under one Perfect storm. So, Halsey, you mentioned the red flag laws. You mentioned the ability for the police to come into your house if the IRS agent calls them and says you're being difficult. Then you tell them to F off. They tell you you're crazy. They take your guns away. So, talk a little bit here about civil asset forfeiture, for- 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 uh, Patriot Act, tax code, and RICO, because all of these are very important tools in which the administrators will now use to take away everything you have. And you will spend the rest of your life trying to fight them. In- prove your innocence
2: well i mean civil asset forfeiture is not something that's just discussed by you know kind of weird conspiracy theorists it's something that's been discussed by people like joe rogan people on the left also used to be against it okay because civil asset forfeiture forfeiture um is a way where the government can take away your um your money and you have no real way to get it back the money that, that they're going to take from you is not com- is not tied to a criminal conviction. It's not enforced by a court. It's, it's impounded. And you have to file a civil suit against the, the government to get it back to prove that you didn't get it through some level of ill-gotten gain. Now, the majority of the time, you're not even capable of doing that because how can you prove where $15,000 in your bank account came from? You can prove where some of it came from, but you can't. You know, you're not going to have every receipt, every pay slip, everything that's ever been done, just loaded up, ready to go. And to sue the government to get your money back, which, as I said, the burden of proof is on you. You have to pay for the attorney to do it. So, if this is this is a system that they put in place that has been heavily criticized. Also, by the way, the incentive for the government to abuse the system is baked into it because fifty percent of the money that they seized through civil aff- asset forfeiture goes to the organization that seized it. So if it's the FBI, if they, and the rest goes to the federal government. So if it's, if it's the state police, if it's anything like that, they are completely motivated to take away your money. And you are at a complete disadvantage to get it back because in the end, most likely, however much they took from you, it's going to cost you more to pay a lawyer to get it back than it will to just let it go in the first place.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that are going through this uh, right now. So I just want to hammer this home again, because it's such a huge point, and people have to understand. They literally can come in and take everything you have, seize your bank accounts, and then you are standing there, and you have to prove your innocence. As you said in your notes here, it says, let's say they uh, see that you have $20,000 in the bank, like you were just saying $15,000, and they seize it. They don't even put your name on the lawsuit. They took it, and it's... you." your only recourse is to sue them in civil court and to prove that they are wrong, and it really is yours and was never used in a crime.
2: I, I mean, well, that's I mean, so about,
1: huge. We have to ha- hammer that
2: home. It's it's not only really that. Think about this when they when they put you through civil asset forfeiture, right? They don't when when they go to court to to make it basically permanent. They don't even name you as the defendant. They don't write the United States or the the city of Newark or whoever it is against Halsey English. They named the money itself as the as the defendant. So it's, it's, it's acknowledged from the get-go that the money isn't yours. The money is just there. The money is just part of this process. And there's nothing you can do about it. As I said, majoritively, it's gonna cost you more money to get it back in the first place than it would if you just let them have it. Now, I know someone this happened to completely. He, he was coming back from a casino. He won 20000 or 30000 I don't remember the exact. It was, a, it was a large amount at the casino. He got pulled over for, I think, speeding. And basically, the, the they took his money. Even though he had a receipt that he wanted at the casino, he, he proved it, whatever. And when he went to a lawyer, the lawyer said, you're better off just letting go. And he said, why? He said, because number one, even if you prove that it's yours, they're going to also ask that you paid the taxes on it. So you're gonna have to pay the taxes before the court case gets finished and you prove that it's your money. So if they wind up winning, you've now paid taxes on money that they confiscated from you. Secondly, you're gonna have to pay me 15 grand to do this because this is exceptionally labor intensive. They're not a regular you know, plaintiff in a lawsuit. They have unlimited funds. They have unlimited means. They have access to as many lawyers as they possibly want so why would they ever concede defeat why would they ever do anything like that they'll just screw you over so he just wound up losing the money and that was all there was to it now as you
1: say the feds and the local police already sees what over 12 billion dollars a year this way
2: yes and it was originally of course put together for um for what's it called for people that um like our drug dealers or anything like that. They wanted to make it easier to take the assets of people who, you know, that they they couldn't get them because it cost too much money or they didn't have the, the actual goods. So they made it real easy for them to confiscate the the ill-gotten gains of drug dealers. But it has now become the major funding source of most local law enforcement, most federal law enforcement, and a huge revenue source for the government.
1: Right. And as you said there, uh, they started off by saying it was to go after drug dealers, but again, that would probably be the uh, slippery slope that you talked about earlier.
2: Well, it was never even done. Like it wasn't even like they they they, you know, proved themselves to be liars or anything like that. Like right away, they started just basically going after just regular people and and taking away their money. And originally they were like the ACL, I mean, all these organizations supposedly still protest about it. Like the ACLU and all of them. But when all said and done, nobody can do anything about it. And they know they can't do anything about it. And that's exactly the position the government wants you in.
1: Yeah. Now, you mentioned to me in your notes that the. So, just to put this into context for the folks out there, the entire Border Patrol has 19,000 agents and those are not agents lined up across the southern or northern border. Those are spread out all across different states in the country. But you say the IRS is already the biggest law enforcement organization in the country with 85 or 86,000 agents. Is that correct
2: before go, this new 87,000? Go a step further. Not only are they the largest all law enforcement in the entire country there are 900,000 already 86,000 are IRS agents and after this it'll be over 160,000 which means one out of every seven local state and federal law enforcement in the country one out of every seven will be an IRS agent
1: wow that's pretty amazing now i want to i want to tie this together because In the last segment, I want to have you walk uh, us through the documents that you um, provided, which I will end up including uh, on pain.tv and in the show notes uh, for this show. But let's get into... Uh, So basically to sum this up, what he's saying is that they are not going to need the local police and the courts to take you down if you don't get into line with whatever it is that the current regime, the next regime, whatever it is, is pushing uh, from the government. They can use civil asset forfeiture, the IRS, all these administrative agents to destroy your life and take all of your assets, take all of your wealth, take your home and send you packing uh, to a little tent if you can afford one underneath the local highway overpass but the kicker here is where are the 87,000 new agents going to come from and Halsey ties this in this is why this was so great because like the pieces I do he ties in everything that is going on to today and he even ties in the student loan forgiveness which is this initial bribe I think You know, a lot of people perceive that kind of stuff, as you talked earlier, government operated in the last hundred or so years on bribes. So they give away welfare, food stamps, whatever, to bribe you to vote for them. But this one is even more nefarious because this is a bribe going directly to these social uh, justice warriors that we've developed these karens that have come out over the last decade so talk about student loan forgiveness and exactly what the democrats are going to do how the republicans are going to end up going along with this and uh, what that is going to result in with the new army of irs agents
2: so i mean that's obviously going to be the first question that anyone asks is where are they going to find 87,000 people to work for the IRS, right? It, it makes no sense. It, it makes it almost ridiculous that they're not they're not making their hiring goals now at the IRS. They would hire a lot more if they could. There's just not people to do it, right? So where is it going to come from? Now, number one, the thing about Biden and his student loan forgiveness is I don't believe it's real. I think that he just basically announced he was going to do it because he could, which is why whenever anybody asks him how he plans on paying for it, he just stays quiet, right? And so to his people, like, they've, they've made, like, a ridiculous assertion that the money coming in from student loan payments resuming will cover basically, like, I, I don't even know how to, how to explain it, will cover the the new IRS agents they'll have to carry and cover the student loan payments that they're giving out to people. I think it's nonsense. I think he made this announcement that, because remember, he extended the moratorium on having to pay for your student loans until January, right? So until January, you don't have to make any payments on student loans anyway. So he's setting up a double. One, is it that he he's the Democrats win in the midterms? If the Democrats win in the midterms, they'll just pass the law that uh, they'll print the money and say, oh, sure, no problem. That's how we're going to pay for this ridiculous student loan forgiveness thing. If the Republicans take even one House of Congress, they're going to have to come up with a way to pay for this because the Republicans will just say, you have no way to pay for this. So what'll they say to them? They'll say, how about we'll give the student loan reform if You either come work for the government, join the military, which you could already do that, by the way. The option to join the military and and pay for your education through through loans, I mean, through the GI Bill, that already exists. And they're constantly talking about forgiving this or forgiving that if you're willing to join the military, which that's bad enough in itself, sending a bunch of people who went to school for underwater lesbian dance theory or whatever it may be (laughs) into our already pretty woke military. But take it a step further. They'll say if you go into law enforcement, then they'll give you the same gives. The Republicans will fall over themselves to pass this bill. It'll pass with hardly any dissent. In fact, the, you probably get the most dissent from progressives who won't like the idea of tying student loan forgiveness to you know, being a cop because they hate cops. But right there and then, they have the the agents. And these aren't just agents. These aren't just people that are going to go work for the IRS. These are people that either went to college for something ridiculous that has no bearing on being a federal agent or working for the federal government in general, or they're people that either dropped out at a certain point. They're people that have been ideologically indoctrinated into into leftist thought and hate the people that they're going to be investigating and dealing with and all of that. These are the people that they're going to hire to do it. And they're going to be happy to hire to do it. And if you think that when they give out the list of who it is they're investigating to all of these new IRS agents, that they're not going to also include a list of people who have made a contribution to the NRA, who have donated to Trump 2020-24, who have done any of these things, you are nuts. These are going to be your fire-breathing partisan lunatics who are coming after you, as part of the IRS administrative state.
1: No, it's fantastic. And the way that you that you wrote it to me was so phenomenal. So I'm going to read from that for a second. But you say, remember, this isn't the STEM graduates that will be unemployed and buried in student debt. They all have good jobs and have no interest in a shitty government job, which is true if you look at the statistics. A lot of the STEM graduates are doing really well. But the hundreds of thousands of gender studies, diversity, equity, and inclusion studies, queer studies, black studies graduates, you know them and we all know who they are. They had a master's from Harvard, but the best job they can get is waiting tables at an Outback Steakhouse. This I, I was laughing when I read this because it's so true, and it's actually so scary. You say they will love to get a job with the IRS. You know, they get to fuck over the fascists, have their debt uh, lessened or removed, get a paycheck, full benefits, and a pension, and that is your team of new 87,000 new IRS agents, and it's so true. That's why the creation of these sjw's and these Kierans and these these uh, gender fluid freaks that we're seeing all over twitter on places like libs of tiktok i mean these folks are out there they're all over the place and they've been primed and ready to attack anyone That they uh, were meant to believe that they don't agree with or they hate over the last decade with the advent of these, we're not going to get into it on this show, but the fake Nazis you and I uncovered years ago. I mean, those were all created, I believe, in part, in part, everything has multiple purposes, but in part, to provide an image in the head of these whacked out SJWs when they're going after some guy with a couple of kids that lives in the suburbs and he's maybe a plumber, but they will see him as a horrible, terrible person Because this digital footprint, this sort of digital persona of yourself that's out there that they'll have access to says, oh, you voted for Trump or, oh, this guy donates to a church. And so all of a sudden now in their mind, they're triggered and you are the target.
0: And
2: also remember, this comes down to data collection, right? All of the people that are going to be investigating these people, which, as I said, if if you think that it's going to be a nonpartisan thing and they're just going to investigate random, everyday people, they're not going to investigate most Black people because they're, they'd be accused of racism. In fact, they're, they're not going to investigate any minorities because of that. They're going to use all of the data collection tools that they've been using now, especially uh, IRS lists of people that have donated to charities like the NRA and all that. They know all of that already. And they're allowed to use all of that already. Like, you're not a protected class. So, I mean, think about it. They said that Nikki Haley's donor lists, which, fuck her, but anyway, her donor lists have just been leaked by the IRS to the press so that they can shame, you know, her donors into into abandoning her or whatever. I think that's because they want Trump to actually run in 2024 and they're doing anything to knock out any opponent that might challenge him. But when all said and done they have the data so that they don't need to worry about figuring out who it is that they want to investigate right and even if they did have a problem figuring it out the government will be there with all of the as i said all of the data they've been collecting from all of these different government programs illegally to just point them in the right direction and if if you think that if they walked in your house and saw a trump 2020 or a trump 24 banner or anything of the sort, that they would all of a sudden give you a fair shake, then you haven't been paying attention.
1: Yeah, and the funny part about all of this is this (laughs) it's pretty scary and sad, man. The the software they'll be utilizing to collect uh, a lot of this data to arm these purple-haired IRS agents with comes from... Palantir, which is Peter Thiel, which was Donald Trump's largest billionaire Silicon Valley backer who got the contract with the IRS in 2018 under the Trump administration. So, there we go. But let me just bring this back up, too, because, again, you wrote this and this hammers home the point that these purple-haired agents won't just screw over with zero remorse. They're going to be making TikTok videos about the Trump supporter who is crying and hugging his kids as the armed IRS agent showed up and repossessed his child's bicycle. Uh, they'll record, uh, they will laugh at how the fascist wants to make sure his kids don't starve. Uh, and and basically, you just hammer it home. It's so great in here that uh, because it's so true that these people are not just these freaks we see on the internet. These are people that have been manipulated and propagandized, and they are so deranged. It's literally letting loose a band of of mentally ill people onto the streets with badges and guns and the ability to seize your home, your car, and everything else that you own?
2: Badges and guns, absolutely. But take it a step further. These are people that have already a no conscience. They don't feel bad about what they're going to do to you. They don't feel bad about anything that they've done. Imagine during COVID, if you could hire 8,000 new agents that would investigate who's taken the vaccine and who hasn't. Would there be any shortage of people that were willing to sign up, that were willing to take away your kids, that were willing to, to put you in a concentration camp to quarantine, whatever it may be, there would have been no shortage and this will be exactly the same.
1: Oh, definitely, and you and you say right here that any person like you or me or anyone else out there listening to this show or to any of your shows that wants to start scouring TikTok and Twitter and looking for videos and trying to repost and expose any of these purple-haired agents, then they're going to get either banned from social media for hate speech or misinformation or identifying misinformation a more agent. likely be. Yeah or, yeah, or identifying and putting into risk a, a, a federal agent's uh, identity. Or or they're just going to get audited, too, and lose all of their stuff.
2: Or, and all of the above is true, or they're going to just be ignored. Because that's the last step when, when they want to, to fuck somebody over, that they just use their allies in the media to just ignore it. So even if you come out and say, no, I, I, there's this, there's that, like, this is what they're doing, they won't care. It, it's, it's not like they're going to sit there and, and feel bad for you. It's not like you're going to have the, the honest media on your side or Donald Trump or anything else. You'll just be ignored if they don't completely fuck you over. Yeah. And your friend, I mean, and most people
1: should know this. I mean, at the end of the day, your friends and family aren't going to come to your rescue. They have other things to do. And if people are so afraid of this, I mean, just look at it on the small scale over the last five, six years on social media where I mean, people like you and I and and many others we know have lost dozens of Twitter accounts and Facebook accounts that we had built up organically and all of a sudden you lose an account with fifty thousand people. If you're if you have a an independent media company, you know, that used to be the way you had to promote. And so you lost that and at the end of the day, eventually our own allies start going, dude, you need to learn how to self censor. Dude, you need to not just you can't be fighting with people on there anymore. So eventually they desensitize people to it and they push you right into life and before you know it they socially engineer you so in this particular case like on social media where your friends tell you to censor yourself in real life you're going to have friends you're going to have neighbors you're going to have relatives that are going to tell you well you shouldn't have done that you shouldn't have spoken out on youtube you shouldn't have questioned them that's your fault and they don't want to be associated with you now because they don't want to be
2: audited and take it a step further if if let's say all of this happens, you're you're audited, You're they take all your money, they they completely and utterly fuck you over for, for life, right? And you go to your parents or you go to a relative and say, I just don't know what to do right now, I don't have any food, I don't have any money. You think they're going to write you a check and become a target of the same agents that just took you down? And they'll, the, I mean, they would probably even tell you that I would love to help you, but what can I do?
1: Hell no. And they'll probably have every, every government propagandist on mainstream media and the influencers on social media when this all starts happening and being ramped up that they'll literally put out there that if you help any of these people that are evading taxes and doing this, you will be an accomplice. You know, so they will, just like, I mean, we saw it. Uh, Doesn't matter what side of the argument people are on uh, in COVID. I mean, you saw it during COVID. Karen's walking around pointing their finger at you in the grocery store if you had your mask down under your nose. Going, hey, that guy over there doesn't have his mask on all the way. I mean, they literally turn people against each other.
2: I mean, take a look at what happened with, with the, I I forgot, I forgot the actual name of it, but they called it the don't say gay bill, right? That, that DeSantis put in place in (laughs) Florida. So they had this don't say gay bill. Okay. Don't say gay, whatever. The police, the teachers unions are actively promoting how they're ignoring it, how they're covering for each other, how they're filing um, lawsuits for like with the, with teachers unions money. Do you think they won't do the exact same thing? When you cry out and say, you know, they took my house, they took my kids, they took everything from me because they want to fuck me over because my political views, they'll say the same thing. Like, oh, you were fine when it was when it was oppressing trannies or you were fine when it was oppressing, you know, people that just wanted to do this or, or teach your kid about 47 genders or something like you were fine with with oppression. Then now you're just getting what you deserve oh
1: yeah definitely and when we come back folks I'm going to walk through this with Halsey uh, I want to just show you the sources that he provided all the articles you know I love to review articles and review videos and I'm going to go through those with you because again when when people like myself or Halsey put together these sort of mini dissertations uh, these theories the theses we do it based on facts and on sources that are out there so I just want to share that with you with Halsey while we have him on the line we'll be right back I am Dustin. Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold.
3: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back getting ready for the uh, mindless purple-haired Karen IRS agents to come knocking at your door loaded with loaded guns, high on meth, whatever else these weirdos and freaks are going to be doing. So I'm on with Halsey English. We just went through his uh, dissertation on what's to come. Halsey, before we jump into, uh, I just want to review the source material that you provided quickly with you. Uh, sure. We'll just go over each of these real fast, and you can explain. Uh, people want to look into it, why this information is important. But I want to ask you something that kind of, in, in sort of this new uh, white-pilled world, here it's the gold pill. What are people going to end up, what can they do about this? Can they get around it? Everyone is looking for solutions. I'm starting to believe that a lot of this is not going to be avoided. I mean, do we run away and live on a farm like the Amish? Do uh, we file our taxes better? Do we vote harder? I mean, what do you think in the end? Like, How do you end up escaping this system as much as humanly possible?
2: So I don't have an exact answer to that, but the best I can come up with is that in order to be apart from the system, you have to give yourself the tools to be apart from it. Because, I mean, it goes back to, you remember that that old poem that they wrote about the Holocaust, that first they came for the Catholics and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Catholic. Then they came for the Jews and I didn't speak up because I wasn't Jewish. And then when they came for me, there was no one left to stand up for me. Like, that's where we're at right now it's just that people are are keeping their heads down to avoid you know drawing attention to themselves but how do you how do you get away with detaching from a system that's so all encompassing you learn to work with your hands you know you learn to to cook you learn to grow food you learn to do the things that if it comes down to it maybe can be the difference between living in a in a dishwasher box or being able to do something about what's going on. And and that's the best I can come up with. I'm not even saying that that's the ultimate solution.
1: Oh, no, look, I agree with you. I mean, that's the stuff that I'm working on uh, in my personal life. I mean, to be able to... Uh manufacture and produce and breed and grow uh, things on your own land and be able to set up a local bartering network where you can trade for the things you can't produce and manufacture. But in the end, I I mean, this because I don't like to go into black pill territory because then... Then people will just give up, and you don't want people to be depressed. But in the end, with a system like this, this is why I think it was important to do this show, is because there are a lot of people who write to me and say, Oh, you're so dark. Oh, you have a slave mentality. It's not that I have a slave mentality, it's just that we understand the systems that are in place, the technologies that exist, the games that the uh, puppet masters are using to create SJWs, to put them in this position of power, to use against you if you try to run away to a piece of farmland, that eventually, you know, they will come for you. You can't just say, I'm leaving, bye. I don't want to be part of this system anymore. I'll see you later. Because this does all stem from sort of progressivism and Marxism and leftism, and their whole philosophy is to, like, seek out and destroy. They're expansionist. They don't let you just leave. You don't get to say, hey, I'm going to take my stuff and go. I don't want right. anything to do with you anymore.
2: Well, number one, they they can't let that happen because they need you to pay for it. And number two, I mean, we used to make these memes. Remember back back in a long time ago where it would be like someone someone with their face on the curve about to be curve stopped and it says, Don't worry, just trust the plan. Like right. it, it's it's not blackpilled to say that we're in a very precarious time and there's we don't have a, a straight up solution for you. Because I, I don't, like, it's not blackpilled, it's just reality. Like, if if they're doing all of this stuff, if they're preparing to to make a move against you or your family or anything like that, it's not blackpilled to warn you. And it's not like a violation of some kind of social norm for us to be able to say, we don't have an exact solution for you. But that's where we are. And it, it's time that, that you kind of get on board with that, that that maybe you're the one who has to come up with the solution because maybe I don't have it. I'm just telling you what I see. So I I hope that we can come up with a solution.
1: Oh, definitely. I I mean, I think that's you have to have these conversations in order to understand uh, where we're going, and then you can figure out how to best navigate it in your life to the extent you want to. In the end, it's individual choice. I mean, if you want to live within this system and comply with these people to the point where, you know, I I hate to use it, but, but to the point where maybe they decide they are going to send you off to the concentration camp. Maybe they are going to say, you know, work will set you free. You could work here until we decide that you're going to go in the oven. I mean, you don't know where this is going to go, but I, I know bending over and complying with these guys and then not trying to at least devise an escape plan is probably not the best. And if you look back to Paul Rivera riding on his horse with his lantern saying the British are coming, imagine if everyone turned to him and said... The goddamn black pillar. Be quiet. (laughs) Nothing nothing bad is coming. We're just going to sit here and wait it out. You know, uh, (laughs) I just thought of that image while you were talking. So I have your uh, notes up on the screen, your sources here. So you broke it down into the ATF uh, compiling database of gun owners, number of total police and law enforcement, uh, red uh, flag laws. And so um, I had pulled up all these articles ahead of time. And I'll just flip through them while you talk about them a little bit. Uh, I mean, not in detail in each article, but the reasons why you included them in your uh, source material. So this first one is um, ATF compiling secret firearm registry targeting law-abiding gun owners.
2: Well, I mean, number one, it's completely against the law. Like, they're, they're absolutely not allowed to do that. But they do. Right. And there's there's really nothing you can do about the fact that they're doing it because they're openly telling you that they're doing it. So if you're wondering where are they going to get the lists, where are they going to figure out who to go after with these purple haired audits or, or anything like that, there's one source right there. And it just shows you that they're, they're, they're still just bringing in the data that they can in order to come after you.
1: Yeah, last year, you uh, you had an article from last year, which was Biden administration has amassed records on 54 million gun owners in 2021 during a new crackdown on firearms owners. I mean, 54 million gun owners in the Biden administration. Now, prior to that, what, the federal government did not have a database
2: that large? No, they didn't have any database at all. In fact, the way they're getting it is that the law, and this has always been a kind of backdoor way that they can compile a gun registry is that all of the federal firearms licensed people that um what's it called they have to keep records and hold on to them for a certain amount of time in order for you to have your license but when you go out of business you can destroy them but if you've gone out of business before 20 years is up ooh, then you're in trouble because now you have to turn them over to the atf and that's what they're using right now in order to compile these databases is all of the federal firearms licenses that went out of business and turned over their records to the atf they're complying compiling a searchable database so that they can list all of those gun owners
1: wow Now, all of this information you provided on uh, full-time law enforcement officers in the U.S. from 2004 to 2020, uh, and you provided a lot of uh, references on this. Was this all uh, in relation to what we were talking about to show the size of the uh, police force nationwide from local, state, and federal as compared to what the IRS is going to be with 170,000 agents?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's just to show that the sheer size of what they're looking to do in, in terms of hiring of these IRS agents is out. It's out of control. It's the amount of, of law enforcement agents that are going to be granted the power by the IRS is just, it's staggering. It, it really is in, in the amount that they're going to be able to do this with. And good luck.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it really is insane. What is this? Um, you've got a discussion draft, uh, Senate, United States, a bill to make our communities safer.
2: Which one is it? Uh,
1: it was, let's see. Oh, that's under red flag laws, I believe. It was a, a link to a bill that you had, a bill to make our communities safer.
2: Yeah, that's that. that's just on how they're that's how they're selling all of the red flag laws. Is that okay. these are, are harmless laws that are just there to make make everybody safer?
1: Now let me let me ask you this question while we're on that. So, I mean, with the idea of uh, of guns, uh, you know, coming from the founding to basically protect yourself against your government when it becomes, you know, tyrannical. Uh, in, okay, so the people in power are never going to show up at our doors, right? They're going to send these purple-haired freak type of people. They're going to send maybe the most honest, pure, uh, poor local cop who they send to your door to break your balls. Um, the guns are good. If if we go into chaos and BLM types start running out of the cities into the suburbs and the rural areas and raiding your house, you could protect yourself. You could protect yourself on the street. At the end of the day, if the government wants to pull a uh, You know, uh you know, come over like a Ruby Ridge situation, Uh, they're going to take over your house. But why do you think they want to take guns so bad when they can supposedly laser zap us from satellites Uh, or what the new technology will be like a social score system, which is just to turn off your CBDC, your central bank digital currency wallet, and you just won't be able to spend money. But why do you think they're so afraid of the guns? Is it because at the end of the day they are just flesh and blood and they know those can be turned against
2: them? It's because in the end of the day, this whole idea that they could just nuke us out of existence is has always been ridiculous. Because, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam, they all proved that you could have the most powerful military in the world. But guerrilla wars are next to impossible to win. Right. And there are so many guns in this country that they can't just come take them. And they need to take them because the the deep state, the government is out of money. All of the, all of the things they promised you, all the social security, all of the welfare benefits, all of the tax incentives, everything that you've paid for and been promised your whole life is gone. The money isn't there and it's not coming back. We don't have a new way to make it where everything we're doing right now is basically done on debt. So what do you do with a population that's incredibly well armed that you're about to tell, you know, that you're taking everything from?
1: So let me uh, let me just ask you, the research you've done uh, and the conversations you've had, do you see a timeline uh, in which you would think, They want to uh, take away X amount, X percentage of the guns out there. Are there certain targets you think they possibly could have already identified through a Palantir-type software that are the primary targets that they have to disarm first? Um, How how do you think that works? Do you think they're trying to do it in the next year, two years, 10 years, 20 years?
2: How how do you think they're going to do this? So the the whole point of, of our electoral system right now, is that the Democrats are fighting a zero-sum game. The conservatives are not, okay? So they can't just come out and blatantly steal the elections. Because even last time, when everyone claims they blatantly stole them, they didn't blatantly steal them. They blatantly controlled voting behavior through information. But they can't just come out and go, oh, by the way, haha, like you you thought your guy won and they didn't. Because just the sheer infrastructure you need in order to, to fake that level of control is at the very least dangerous for them because remember, they want to hold some level of legitimacy, but if they win any election in the next 10 years where they get the house, the Senate and the presidency, right? And it doesn't matter by really what margin just, they get all three. They'll end the filibuster. They'll pack the Supreme court. They'll pass law after law, after law, gun control, you name it. And they'll just go about it the traditional way. And, if things aren't working out they'll go to plan b but for now that's their that's their their plan b is that if the the country stops going along with all of this shit that they keep putting forward they have a way to influence otherwise
1: yeah and if not they're just going to i, I mean you think they're going to utilize well they're going to utilize a lot of tools um but one of them is going to be to, to bankrupt you out of existence utilizing this new administrative force yeah so what so big picture here what do you what do you see is coming and what do you think what do you think in the next uh you know let's just say short of elections what do you see happening over the next five years in like the United States um you know in Western society
2: well I think they're going for the kill shot right now and I think Republicans are are botching it like there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on that either the Republicans are the most Uh, idiots you know in the way they run elections or they just believe they live in a country that doesn't exist anymore because roe v wade being overturned was a big conservative win if anything just seeing the fury of the left was was beautiful in and of itself but when obama wanted the supreme court with gay marriage he didn't come out the next day and start putting in laws in place for tranny bathrooms and and all of this he just kept his mouth shut and just let it happen and now less than, what, 10 years later, it's completely accepted that gay marriage is just part of our life. The Republicans could have done that. And they, instead of taking the win and then deciding like, okay, how are we going to move forward at the state level with, with abortion? They have people running out saying, having your rapist baby is healing and and you should be doing this. They're banning abortions for like dead babies and, and incest babies and stuff like that. They're actually turning the electorate against them almost seems on purpose because after all it's their principles. But at the same time the democrats right now don't have enough to just win on outright. If they do all of these plans will still be in place. They'll just they'll be put in place with no opposition. But if the democrats don't win the elections in 2022 or 2024 then they'll just do this with some level of opposition but they'll still pull it off.
1: All right, and are there are there any uh Final words for people. I I wanted to get that at the beginning of this segment on, uh, you know, possible solutions. But anything people should uh, look out for, anything people should start doing, uh, what are the signs that this is coming? I think you've proven your point. I flipped through all of uh, the source material provided. I mean, it's all there, folks. You just have to connect the dots, and you can see what's coming. And, I mean, I, I think the fact that you nailed on the SJWs becoming the administrative force is just spot on. And it, it kind of like all makes sense now.
2: Yeah, it's it's just, what you should do is is A, focus local. Stop thinking that you can change the world by by making the case about federal elections. Like worry about your local elections. Worry about who's in charge of your actual local life. And as I said, start thinking of things you can do if the system starts to collapse and you have to find a way to do it without them, you know, like if, if, if you become a plumber, then, and, and it's something you can fall back on, then you don't have to worry so much about not having social media accounts or anything like that. It's something you can do that's valuable to your local community. You, you have to have these, I mean, I did it. I became a master gunsmith. I took introductory blacksmithing courses. I took welding courses because I want to have value If this whole computer system just stops working for us or becomes just nothing but surveillance in the the near future, I still need to be able to feed my family. So no, it's great. Start-
1: it, well, well, it's great you mentioned that because I was going to say in your regular life, you're in, you know, business. You're in tech. You're in uh, marketing. You're in journalism. And uh, I know you've been you've been pushing that since even before COVID for people to start to uh learn trades and get and uh, get uh, start to uh, gather skills that they could utilize outside of this uh, current like technological system. Yeah, that's it's
2: all you can do right now.
1: Yeah, and, then would you, and, and would you encourage people, uh, you know, it's become a trend since COVID. I know prices are going up, but there's still some affordable stuff out in western Pennsylvania, out in West Virginia. Do you encourage the people, if they have the ability and the means, to start to try to figure out how to at least get some land that's further away from cities outside of uh, suburban areas?
2: I think if you can do it, do do it. But at the same time, I mean, maybe it's worth just buying a piece of land that, If things get really bad you have the little land to run to but if things don't get very get really bad you can develop it and sell it maybe you can still get tracts of land for next to nothing and if if you're if you're willing to go out there and and you know maybe maybe forego buying a new car or forego i don't know going to the grocery store because now that costs a thousand dollars you know like if you're willing to do any of those things and and invest in yourself invest in in learning a trade invest in a piece of land anything like that it'll probably be better off for you long run than if you just sit back and and you know try to make yourself feel better by saying well hopefully they won't come for me
1: <laughs> hashtag trust the plan baby exactly trust the plan yeah Definitely. It worked out great for a lot of people. And the last I heard, Trump will be installed as president at about, was it 3.15 in the afternoon? Something like that. That's what I heard. Later today. Yeah, Mike Lindell told me so.
2: (laughs) Mike Lindell brought it up. And um, there was also, I saw something that they got some information from Hillary, who's down in Gitmo that they'll be able to do this and whatever. Well,
1: she's being tortured and prosecuted by John McCain, who was actually a good guy. And the reason why he put his thumbs down to block the overturn of Obamacare was so that that would lead us up to the tyranny that happened under COVID so that Trump could prove to everyone by showing what tyranny actually looks like. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Halsey, I appreciate it very much. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dust of Gold on the Dust of Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to
2: keep us under control in order to change a human being.
3: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.